The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of The Command Zone, featuring your host, Jimmy Wong, myself. Yo, 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 I'm Josh Lee Kwai. And today we're going to be talking about the one and only awesome set, Conspiracy, because it so is the awesome. one and only. So awesome. <laughs> if, seriously, if you haven't tried it, we've been having so much fun with it. Yeah, so if you guys don't know, Conspiracy is a new set by Wizards of the Coast for Magic the Gathering, of course. That was released really recently, and it is essentially a multiplayer drafting format. Right, so it's... It's really aimed towards uh, EDH players, and uh, it's it's a little more casual than your traditional draft. Mm-hmm. It's um, you know EDH players are really going to feel at home because yeah, instead of one on one, you're playing with pods of maybe four or five people or, or maybe three, um, but you still draft the cards. If you don't know what drafting yep. is, you want to explain it, Jimmy? Yeah, so drafting is a format where basically a bunch of people sit around the table. Everyone gets a certain number of booster packs, usually three. Everyone simultaneously opens ones, looks through their pack, chooses the one card out of it that they would like, and passes it to the left for the first round. For the second booster, they pass it to the right, and for the third, they pass it to the left again. And essentially, you're trying to make a 40-card deck out of the cards that you're drafting. Right, exactly. So you're basically taking one card from the pack, then somebody will pass you another pack. You take one card from that one, then you pass it, and you continue. And so Mm -hmm. you're getting, you know, each pick is going to be a little bit worse because somebody's already taken a few cards out of it, but... Yeah, it's it it sounds daunting. It sounds a yeah. little bit scary if you haven't done it before. Trust me, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a ton of fun too because yeah, there's super a, fun. it's a whole different format of magic where cards like commons uh can all of a sudden be the most powerful card in your deck. You yeah, know, exactly. If you, if you draft it correctly. I mean, let's be honest. In EDH we play like what? Maybe 1% of all the cards in magic because mm-hmm. you know, you're only looking for the most powerful stuff. And so there's all these cards that have been created that like you just can't use. Yeah. You know, which is a little bit sad, but in a format where, you know, you're basically like you're sort of scratching the bottom for like the last couple playables in your deck, mm-hmm. then uh, you get to use a bunch of cards that you would never, ever use. And um, you get some interactions that, you know, you can sort of make up on the fly. Right. It's super fun. Also, I think what if, what drafting does that's really fun is like, you know, every play group has like the guy who was willing to spend more money on his cards than everybody else. <laughs> yep. And the, and the, another guy who's like, you know, he's just starting out and he doesn't own a lot of cards. And, and drafting really brings the balance of like who's got what cards. It takes that all out. Everybody yep. is clean slate. Everybody has three booster packs worth of stuff. Yeah. So when you start the game, you've got just as good of cards as everybody else. Yeah. And, and you know, there may, there's a little bit of variance, of course. You may get right, three right. mythics and three packs, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're all going to be in the colors you want to play. So it's a lot of fun. It involves a lot of strategy. I'd say it's the closest to a board game that Magic gets. Don't get scared, though, if you haven't drafted. Like, you know, yeah. just go do it. Try it. Don't worry too much about what we call signals and the other things. You know, just take a good card in the pack. Take mm-hmm. a good card in the next pack. Before you know it, you'll sort of be in a couple of colors, and yeah. then you, it's pretty easy. Like, your first couple of drafts, don't, you don't have to get real fancy. Just like, oh, I've got good red and green cards i'm just gonna take red and green cards for from here on out and you'll have fun you'll have a good drafting experience um this this format is really tailored toward edh players because i think 
you know, people who draft all the time, there's a different kind of deck that you have to draft for 1v1 than you do for multiplayer. And EDH players right. are a lot better at evaluating this set yeah. and how the cards are going to work in, yeah. a, in, a, in big pods like that. Yeah, definitely. And it also brings for EDH players, conspiracy is a nice thing because you know, you're, you're not really opening packs anymore when you're playing EDH. You're going online right. and searching for singles True. and stuff. So like Josh once said, the, the best part about drafting is that you get all the parts of Magic. You get to open a booster pack, you get to create a deck, and then you get to play Magic the Gathering. So conspiracy does all that, but in a multiplayer format with a bunch of different cards that i'll say this much uh, no single game has ever been the same i've seen similar archetypes come up and similar decks or pop up but it's always been won by something yep. different yeah which is awesome definitely true we've drafted the set quite a bit seriously we can't stress enough it's super fun if you haven't tried it with your play group mm-hmm. your edh play group you guys you'll love it give it a shot yeah. um let's talk about really quick about a couple things to keep in mind while you're drafting um that are different than commander just you know it's not exactly like the commander it's just close it's like a halfway point between uh, a regular draft and, a, and an edh game um the first thing is you don't have 40 life you only start with 20 life mm-hmm. so it's a big difference <laughs> it does make a big difference the games are still going to be longer because there's more players but they're not going to be as yeah long as an edh game although you don't have crazy synergies and in infinite combos yeah, yeah. so the power level is definitely lower as well yeah so maybe maybe the games are, are similar length but just keep it in mind like you can't just be taking cards that just do four damage to yourself because yep. like you could in edh because that's not 10 percent of your life it's 20 percent of your life a big yeah. difference um there is no commander damage because there are no commanders that is right so yeah. li- life gains a little bit stronger Yep. Um, you know, again, pure life gain still pretty much sucks. Uh, <laughs> what did you say, Jimmy, about it last time? Uh, you're putting yourself farther from death, but you're not putting your opponent closer, closer to, to it. Yeah, I really exactly. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but incidental life gain can be strong, yeah. um, or at least stronger than it would be in EDH. Yeah. And of course, there's no commander in your command zone, but there are cards in the quote unquote command zone. Yeah, that's true. It's actually conspiracy is named after a new card type. Mm-hmm. called we'll, the conspiracy called the conspiracy which are very fun um so we'll get into those as we go through the, the full set review but yes there's there's no commander card that you always have access to so yeah y- it's you know you, you're gonna have to build the synergies into your deck there'll be a little more variance because of that but that's okay everyone everyone's playing from that yeah. same spot so yeah one more thing to keep in mind while you draft is how many players are going to be in my pod yeah. and by pod i mean you can draft with up to eight people but you're not going to play with eight people in one game. It would just be too unwieldy. Um, so if you if you did that, you would usually split up into two groups of four. Mm-hmm. If you're drafting with five people total, then you probably form one big group yeah. of five. If you're drafting with six, it might be two threes. It two might threes, be, yeah. Yeah, that's probably the way to go. If you're only drafting with three people total, there'd be three. Some of the cards really are different power level based on if there's three, four, or five people in your pod. Yeah, and that's definitely what makes Conspiracy very unique is that that is often going to be the case, and every game is decided really it it comes down to certain cards being more powerful in situations and certain cards not being more powerful so if you know you're going to be in one and one then you would make a completely different deck but this is a uh, multiplayer format so that's going to affect a lot of our grades speaking of which that is what we're doing today we're doing a full set review of conspiracy now we're going to pattern this set review after uh probably it's my favorite magic podcast i think it's yours too. i think it's the only one i really listen to yeah (laughs) it's um it's called limited resources so big shout out to marshall and brian we're big fans um they are actually specialists in the draft and limited format, and yeah. um, they do. Uh, they talk a lot about the different sets and, and how you draft them. And, and Jimmy and I are, are we're, we're EDH specialists, but we have done quite a few drafts. And uh, the limited resources guys, 
haven't, just, haven't talked about Conspiracy enough for my liking. They, or at least they, they haven't sh- done the full set review, and I wanted them to, so I'm glad that we have the chance to do it ourselves. Yeah, I, I think, you know, those guys, uh, you know, they're really smart. They're really spiky. They're nuts and bolts. You know, they get into all the intricacies of yeah. uh, a normal draft one-on-one stuff, but I don't think they have quite the expertise for the multiplayer stuff. And I think, you know, they did one episode and it was pretty vague. So we're going to sort of, quote-unquote, steal their format for how to do a set review. So So thank you guys for setting the standard for how to do a really good set review. And I would say I've learned more from the Limited Resources podcast than just talking to friends about Magic. I could could have spoken for the same number of hours to people about Magic the Gathering, but I've learned more from that podcast than anything else. So uh, definitely big shout-out to those guys. Make sure you check out their podcast. I mean, is it sad to say that I've, like, there's a few episodes I've listened to, like, more than once. Oh, no, definitely not. Yeah, I, those guys are smart. If you haven't checked yeah. out the Limited Resources podcast, go check them out. Yeah. Hopefully, this... we've shouted them out enough now that they won't be mad that we stole <laughs> their format for one episode. Right. Well, we're, we're stealing the, uh, you know, just the regular grading format. Correct. <laughs> a so, through F. Yeah, so here's how we're going to grade the cards. We'll grade them on a, uh, it's like a, a elementary school grading scale. Mm-hmm. So, um, so an F uh, would be like a card that I would never play. Um, a D will be a card that I really don't want to play. Maybe I rarely will, but man, yeah. if, if I have comes, to, if it comes down to it, yeah, you have to play. It. But I won't be happy about it if I have yeah. to. C is like you'll have more C's in your deck than almost anything else. That's Correct. a card that you'll probably play. They're fine. It's just not exciting, mm-hmm. but it's it sort of makes up the, you know the meat of your deck. Yep. Um, a B is a card that I will always play. Uh, in fact, the B can be your first pick. Like that's they're strong enough to be the first pick out of a pack. Correct. Um, and and a B is often a good reason to to go into a color, so yeah. to choose your like your second color or uh, or your first color, I guess. Yeah, or even two colors if it's a you know has yeah. two colors in it. Correct. And then A would be bombs, the best cards. Yeah, awesome stuff. Stuff that like has a good chance to to win you the game. Yeah, and also has a good chance to make it into my EDH deck. <laughs> true, true. Some of the yeah, those A's are there's not very many of them but they're they're pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so really quickly, we're going to start uh if you're if you're on the Wizards website under the image gallery, we're going to follow that pretty closely, but yep. but um the first thing we're going to do is we're going to start with there are some special cards in this set. Uh I'm going to call them draft matters cards. They're cards that affect the actual drafting portion of of the draft right. so and this has never happened before yeah these are these are brand new they're they're really fun um again if you haven't drafted before don't be intimidated by this stuff you know a you don't have to take them and b you can often just grab them and be like okay what's this do and ask around the table somebody will know yeah someone will know you know and a lot of that will happen that's that's also why i like conspiracy is we usually, still do that yeah usually drafting is a very secretive thing and you're yeah. hiding your cards but in conspiracy there's so many new fun cards that Asking around is definitely going to have a bunch. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we're going to start with the Aether Searcher. Nice. It's a seven mana, six four. But its text says, reveal Aether Searcher as you draft it. Reveal the next card you draft and note its name. So this means you pick it out of a pack and you reveal it. So you put it face up and you say, mm-hmm. I just I just drafted the Aether Searcher. And then when you get past your next pack, you pick a card out of it and you write its name down and put that under the Aether Searcher. Right. And then what the Aether Searcher says is when Aether Searcher enters the battlefield, this is when you're playing, you may search your hand and or library for a card with name noted as you drafted cards named Aether Searcher. You may cast it without paying its mana costs. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. So what this means is 
you play the Aether Searcher during the game, and then you get to automatically go get that card that that you right drafted down. after it yep. and put it right into play. Yep. So you definitely, and it's not searching for anything. Correct. So Aether Searcher is it's a fun card, but it it's a little limited because if you get it, that means the next card you pick needs to really work with it synergistically, or you need to just toss the Aether Searcher out the window and not choose anything if you can't find something good that fits it. Yeah, I, I think the Aether Searcher is a card that you really want to get early in the pack. Oh, yeah. First pick, if, if possible, if, yeah. if you want to gamble on it. Yeah, you know? first pick is, is a, yeah, it depends on what else is in the pack, but first pick is a place you'd want it because then you get a good chance in the next pack because it's only going to have one card missing yep. to get a good str- card. Yeah. You know, and I also think like this is a card that can allow you to like pick basically any card because it doesn't matter what the colors of that card are mm-hmm. because you get to play it without paying its mana cost. You can get like some huge green creature and yeah. you can get it out for free. Although Aether Searchers cost seven mana. That's true. You're not going to be able to play it till the seventh turn. And, at and that by point, then, you could cast anything you wanted yeah, anyway. You could play that Palaka Worm. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's a seven mana 6-4. It's not completely embarrassing as a as a creature, but it's, I don't know, it's risky. Also, like, what if you draw that that card before you draw the Aether Searcher? That's right. If it's not in your man, in your colors, like, you can't even play it, and you're just waiting yeah. to get the Aether Searcher? Yeah. I like that the Searcher says if it's in your hand, it still works. It's not like it only has to be in your library. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about this card, Jimmy? Uh, I think it's fun. I think there are some cards in Conspiracy that this works spectacularly well with, especially if you combine it with Conspiracies and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are ways to you know put a bunch of cards into play with the Aether Searcher. But for the most part, it's it's highly conditional. Mm-hmm. And the more conditional something is, the riskier it gets. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's a super strong card. Um, so I, I would give it like a, a solid C. Yeah, I give it a, I give it a C also. Yeah. Okay. And it just depends, you know. It could it could be an A in the right deck. You know, if if you if, if this is the third pack, right, and you've already got a good handle on what your deck is and then the Aether Searcher pops up and you're like, Okay, all right, I'll do this and you gamble on the next pack, you might find the one card that makes all your dreams come true. So y- you never know. But it's it's exciting, it's a fun new thing that has never happened before. And if you guys are playing conspiracy, I recommend having a little post it note around. Yeah, post it notes pens. with some pens is, is yeah. sort of a must. Okay, uh, you want to read the next one? Yeah, all right. Next up, we got the Agent of Acquisitions. It's an artifact creature that costs two. Draft Agent of Acquisitions face up. Same with Aether Searcher. Instead of drafting a card from a booster pack, you may draft each card in that booster pack one at a time. If you do, turn Agent of Acquisitions face down, and you can't draft cards for the rest of this draft round. But you may look at booster packs passed to you. Interesting. Very It's a 2-1 as well. Yeah, it's a 2-1 creature also. Um, yeah, we've all been in a draft, and some dude is sitting there going, man, can I just draft this whole pack? I wish I could just draft this whole pack. Come <laughs> on, let me just draft this whole pack. And uh, now if you get this guy, you can do it. I I don't know if it's good or not. Like, how many cards would have to be usable for your deck in the pack for it to be good? I, I find that if I'm able to get six or seven cards out of a full round of drafting, mm-hmm. then it's worth it. Um, that's a lot, though. To that's be, a e- lot. Of even cards. to have seven cards in your colors in one pack in one is pack. tough. Yeah, it's actually just statistically not very likely. Yeah, um, but at the same time, the Agent of Acquisitions also lets you money draft <laughs> if there is a really sweet card in there that you want. True, but I mean, you're going to get all the dredges from that pack too. Exactly. Like. Yeah. Um, the thing is with conspiracy, there are a lot of really sweet uncommons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say again, this is a really great thing to get in an early pack because this does let your numbers. You know, you get to choose what you want from here. If you draft all the cards, you're like, okay, great. I have great choices in blue, white, and red, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to see what comes to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, I-, I can see a lot of people being groaning 
you know, as they see the other booster packs passed to them that they can't draft from. I would almost not want to see them because it would make yeah, me regret. Yeah, well, you don't have to. It just says you may. Yeah. So it's not a must. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> you don't have to look at them. Yeah, I, I could see, like, grabbing this sort of late in the pack as just, like, a maybe. Just, like, that way I have the option if yeah. it comes along. But in general, I just don't think it's that good. And a two-mana two-one, in as we know, in a multiplayer format, like, it's just not going to do enough for you. Yeah. So the creature itself probably won't even make your deck. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are some I, cards with it that uh, uh, Limited Resources actually talked about that if you use him to draft it, you can, you know, make some bonker cards. Yeah, the Lurking Automaton. Yeah, yeah. But we'll yeah. talk about that in a bit. But again, it's 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 super conditional. Um, I, I could see this being useful in a few situations. It's a lot of fun. And if you are able to pull it off, then awesome. So what do you give it? Uh, I'd give this one a, a D. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm going to give it a D plus. Um because I think it could be fun, and if you get it late, like if you get it late in pack one, yeah, then you might as well grab it. But if it's late in pack three, it's worthless. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, D plus. Okay, uh, next we're gonna do the Canal Dredger. Ah, nice. It's a rare. It is a rare. It's a four mana one five, which is not exciting. <laughs> uh, no one's excited about yeah. one five. Um, draft Canal Dredger face up. That seems to be a theme. Each player passes the last card from each booster pack to a player who drafted a card named Canal Dredger. Uh, and then the Canal Dredger, when it's in play, has an ability, which is tap it and put target card from your graveyard on the bottom of your library. Okay, so let's talk about the draft thing first. Uh, getting the last card in each pack, these are usually pretty bad cards. They're going to be the worst cards, Yeah, uh, usually. You may get, if you got this in pack one, that's going to be an additional, let's say you're drafting with eight people. That's an additional 24 cards. Mm-hmm. Um, right, because you're getting one from each You're probably going to get two or three playables out of that just yeah. by the odds. But if you're drafting with four people, that's only going to be 12 cards. That's if you pick it up in pack one, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you pick pack, pack three, you get four cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know, that aspect of it, I think maybe. Maybe you're going to get a couple playables. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'll it's, say this in the drafts I've seen Canal Dredger pop up maybe twice and I I, I did grab it once because it, it was too. the last rare I think yeah. in the pack uh, and it was like two cards left so I took it and I got nothing good I, I took it I got it, I think in second pack and I got like like two playables okay which is okay yeah two you for know. one right they weren't great cards though they, yeah. they were did they you were, actually end up playing them yeah there was no I mean yeah I got eight cards or I think we were drafting with five people I got ten right. cards total and I think two cards in there but they weren't the best cards in my deck they were just like oh I can use that so right right it was fine I think if I didn't have it my deck would have been like one percent less powerful <laughs> like you know it's not I don't right. know and for a four mana one five if it had better stats I could see it actually having a purpose outside of the yeah. drafting part of yeah. it um, and if you have a card like Grenzo which we'll talk about later mm-hmm. then Canal Dredger is something that is effective for that yeah Grenzo cares about what cards are on the bottom of your library we'll yeah. talk about them later but if you already have Grenzo Canal Dredger is actually pretty good yeah yeah but again it's 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 a draft format. You don't want to be. You don't even want to be setting up cards that have three card combos or or are reliant on certain things. Like Canal right. Dredger could pop out and there's nothing in your graveyard to put in the bottom of your library. Yep. Specifically, a creature too. You know. The only other thing I would say is, you know, if you know your play group really well and you know people are pretty non-aggressive and the game might go really really long, mm-hmm. then Canal Dredger can actually stop you from decking yourself. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. that could be worth something sometimes. I don't know. In the end, like all this adds up and it's still not that great. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a C minus. Yeah. I'll give it a C minus too. Just, just because there are certain points where 
it's interesting because it's it's a C minus because I won't necessarily play it, mm-hmm. you know, but I would draft it to see what would happen. Just to see what cards you're yeah, going to get. So, I mean, so, if you get two other cards that are C minus. Yeah, so then. maybe it's a C in that case. Uh, <laughs> as, as, as in there's a whole new area of cards you would draft but not play, which seems bonkers, but yeah. <laughs> okay, the next one is Cogwork Grinder. You want to you read that one? Nice. All right, so it's a uh, six-man artifact creature for a zero-zero. Oh, but it's going to get some counters. Don't worry. <laughs> draft Cogwork Grinder face up. As you draft a card, you may, re- you may remove it from the draft face down. Those cards aren't in your card pool. All right, Cogwork Grinder enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the number of cards you remove from the draft with cards named Cogwork Grinder. So basically, as you get near the end of each pack, mm-hmm. you take cards and you draft them, and then you set them to the side, and you can't actually put those in your deck. And right. in exchange for that, you put a one, you put a like one one counter, a on number it. on Cogwork Grinder. Yeah. So if you did that throughout the draft to seven cards, You'd be then seven, when you seven. play him, he's a seven seven. Nice. Um, I actually drafted this card one time, and I was surprised with how good it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not awesome, but I think I was able to make it an eight eight, and I think I got it in pack two. Nice. It's just like. Near the end, you're just like, I'm not going to use this. I'm not going to use this. I'm not going to use this. I'm not going to use yeah. this. So it can actually be pretty strong. I think it combos well with uh, that agent of acquisitions where you can take the whole pack. Right. And then you can draft a whole bunch of those cards face and down. You're like, I want four of these cards. And then the other like, you know, eight cards in the pack, I'll just draft them face down for Cogra Grinder. And yeah. all of a sudden, like he can be like a 17-17 when he comes in. <laughs> yeah, that would be absolutely bonkers. Um uh, he is a zero zero at the end of the day, so things that remove counters can obviously, of course, uh, wreck his life. True, there's not a lot of that. There is, yes. there is. There, there Black two, does, yeah, carry that around. Yeah. Um, it is it, fun. I, I can see him being a lot of fun. The other thing you could do with him is uh, uh, hate draft with him a little bit, yeah. saying like, True. "Hey, oh my goodness, this card cannot go to anyone." Yeah, and I want other cards in this pack, but I know this person next to me is white, and this is a Swords to Plowshares. I need to draft this face down. Yeah, and normally I don't like hate drafting, uh, but. You know, at least you get some value from hate drafting. Yeah, exactly. I would still say don't take, don't ever hate draft anything for any reason yeah, or above a card you would put in your in your right. deck or that's likely to make right. your deck. But if you're super competitive, then go for it. But for it's this is a casual fun yeah. format. Don't yeah, don't worry about it too much. Um, you can maybe not hate draft. Maybe it's a uh, it's a uh, dislike draft. Yeah, <laughs> dislike draft. Um, okay, or so I don't want this card played against me. I would say if I got it in pack one or midway through pack two, I would say that for me it's a about a B, maybe B minus. Okay. But if I get in pack three, it's more like a C minus yeah. or a D plus because this can, it's hard for it to be above like a 4-4 four, four in yeah. that instance. All these cards that you have to draft face up and name cards with and stuff, uh, I'd say definitely all lose their value the further you get along in the draft. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'd give it a, uh, I'd give it like a solid B minus. B minus. B minus. Because I, I, I'm the kind of player, though, that sees all the cards and I'll switch colors halfway through the <laughs> oh, second yeah. pack. And so I, I don't want to <laughs> accidentally take a card away from from me, you know, unless it's red because no one ever plays red. It seems. Yeah, you do have <laughs> to sort of know what you're doing as far as like be pretty sure what colors you're in, et cetera, yeah, for yeah. that card. So, yeah. Okay, the next card is this one's gotten a lot of press. I love this guy. Yeah, it's called the Cogwork Librarian. It's four mana for a three three. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. In some colors, that's actually pretty good. Uh, in green, that's not. But in like, Blue, that's pretty good creature. Yeah, yeah, um, it says draft Cogwork Librarian face up. As you draft a card, you may draft an additional card from that booster pack. If you do, put Cogwork Librarian into that booster pack. Nice. So basically, this is like equity you're taking from one, one pack and passing mm-hmm. to another pack. So you get a pack and it doesn't have anything great for you. Yep. You can take the Cogwork Librarian out of it and then wait for a pack that has two cards you want and then you can 
basically take two cards and put the cog work back in. Yep. Again, a card that's really great the earlier you can yes. grab it. Uh, because the best time to get this card is when you're opening up your second and third pack. Yeah. And you get to look at those packs and say, I want two cards out of this. In goes Cogwork Librarian. Yep. Uh, at the same time, however, Cogwork Librarian does help everyone else around you. But if the earlier that you pick it, the better off you are in general. Yeah, you just have more options, more options to get yeah. good stuff. Yeah, and the next person that gets it, they have to essentially waste one of their draft picks to take it out uh, in order to get two cards from a later pack. And they're getting it later than you, so they don't have as much versatility. Yeah. yeah. I think it's good to take in pack one, mm-hmm. and then you know you can even hold it till pack three, and then it's basically worthless to somebody else. But you're taking a risk. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you take it and, you know before the middle of pack two if you can and then you know you use it as soon as you see two cards that you want yeah exactly it's better not to wait for this because i mean there is a chance that you won't get it at all and i've been holding it in pack three and then just never a pack never came along that had two cards i wanted and then so at the end of the draft i just sort of yeah had it you know yeah so this card is definitely a high grade for when i would draft it uh and not when i would play it in a game so what do you give it Uh, i'd give it a b b Mm -hmm. maybe a b plus uh, depending on when you get it, you know, first pack if it's coming around and it's maybe the fifth, sixth pick out of, the, out of that pack, and it's still sitting there, I would totally take it. I would, that would be my first pick out of that at the at that point, you know. Yeah, I I, I give it a B plus in pack one, and then I give it a B minus in pack two, and, a and then F in pack three. In pack three, <laughs> well, pack three I would give pick. it like a C minus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but in pack one, if it's like your fourth or fifth pick, you know, uh, yeah, and you don't have awesome. anything else, I, I definitely would never pick this card over a, a, a card in my colors that I consider to be a B yeah. or higher. Yeah. But if it's just like a C card, I might take the Cogwork Librarian in pack one, mm-hmm. you know, hoping to get a chance at like two better cards later. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. All right, the next guy is Cogwork Spy, which is a three-costing artifact creature, 2-1 flying. That Ooh. already is... Listen, don't be too distracted by the text on these yeah. draft matter cards. Don't forget, a three mana two one flyer is actually pretty good. Yeah. And the it's and great. it's the fact that it's uh, an artifact is strong for colors like green and black and red, mm-hmm. which ha- have a hard time dealing with the flyers, and the flyers in the set are kind of bonkers. So yep. this card actually, you know, don't forget three mana two one flyer. Okay. Yeah, it's easy right? easy just to read the uh, the drafting parts of these cards and forget that they're actually cards that you could legitimately put in your deck. Correct. So the Cogwork Spy says reveal Cogwork Spy as you draft it. You may look at the next card drafted from this booster pack so essentially when you draft it you pass it to the next person whatever that person chooses you get to see what they choose yeah uh, i'm not too excited about that yeah it's okay i think if it's in pack one again you can sort of see what card they take yeah that tells you sort of what color they're in you can maybe avoid that color from i mean but man, at the same time it's a long it's way not, to go it's not i mean you're going to be able to find out if you are able to deduce what's in the pack anyway, what yeah. that person is drafting color-wise. I mean, you won't know definitively, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, you'll, you should you should be able to garner a general sense of what they're potentially doing. And the other thing with Cogwork Spy is, like, you could pack a, pass a pack to someone, and they'll just take the card that they want for their EDH deck. Yeah, you never know. You <laughs> so, never know. They don't have to tell you why they drafted yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tough. But I think a three-mana 2-1 flyer is basically already, like, a C in the in right. in this format or maybe a C minus. So it's all upside. Like yeah. just being able to look and possibly get some information. Correct. Yeah, there there are two nice parts to it. Yeah. Um, but I I'm actually gonna give it a C because I think those three colors I mentioned have hard time with flyers and they're just looking for any flyers they can get. Right. Um so I'd say C or C minus. Yeah, I'd give it a C minus just because I, I, I there are other flyers in, in this set that I like more. Okay. 
uh, for instance, like the uh, the one two white flying vigilance. Yeah, but if you're not in white, I mean, what if you're in black? Like they only that's have true, that have Liliana no Spectres. They got yeah, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, Cogwork Tracker. It's a four mana four four. Well, now we're talking. That there sounds go. pretty good. Four across the board. Yeah. Reveal Cogwork Tracker as you draft it, and note the player who passed it to you. So, Jimmy, if you pass me this pack. I write Jimmy down on my little post-it and stick yeah. it on this guy. Or just on the card. <laughs> yeah. And now Cogwork Tracker attacks each turn if able. Cogwork Tracker attacks a player you noted for cards named Cogwork Tracker each turn if able. So this means if Jimmy passes this to me, I have to write his name on it. And then when it's in play, I have to attack him with it every turn. Every single turn. Oh, we know I hate cards like this. I just don't like cards that, <laughs> that I don't get to choose how to play them. Yeah, you have no control over it. Um, it what Cogwork Tracker does is it makes the game go faster. Yeah, it sort of forces action. It, it forces action. Uh, but at the same time, what if Jimmy has a 5-5 five, five out? And Cogwork Tracker is a waste of four mana from Josh's hand, and that's yeah. a whole turn spending something that essentially does nothing good for you. Or what if you spent the first like five turns of the game like in a little bit of a scuffle with another player, Yeah, and then you draw this guy, and you're like... If I play this thing, I'm now going to have to fight Jimmy too. Yeah, exactly. And it's, that's like, like the game's, we, we've talked about this last episode, the game's so political mm-hmm. that if all of a sudden, like, I'm not in control of who I'm attacking and stuff, like, yeah. all, the politics, like, can get out of control for me. Like, Literally, the most you could do is say, hey, man, I'm sorry, and then play it. Yeah. But then <laughs> if I'm that dude, I'm like, don't play it. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't even put it in your deck. You're don't making even a choice it. to play it. Like, yeah. you can't really say you're sorry for that. Like, you're putting it onto the table. Yeah. I, I don't know. To me, this card, uh, I'm going to give it a D minus. I just don't like it at all. I'd give it an F. I just can't see any upside to it, to be honest. I, I can never see a point where I'd want to play this and have it go to town. I, I mean, if you were in a smaller pod with only three people, um, sure. then maybe. Then maybe. Yeah. But in in I, a five-person game and things are already hectic, um, it's just not good, especially because there's so much happening out there. Yeah. You know, there's so many di- more hands to keep track of, and you need to have... I would much rather put a response in my deck than Cogwork Tracker. I'd even put a Battle Trick in there instead of yeah, Cogwork Tracker yeah, because yeah. it's just got more utility than just something. I mean, there is the off chance that you'll do it against someone that doesn't have someone that can block it, or you'll just start killing off the But you never know that when you put it in your deck. Yep. And yeah. I, j- I hate relying on something that you can't rely on. Yeah. When it's all it's a good that point. variance. Yeah. All right, fine. F. I give it an F. You convinced <laughs> me. Sold, sir. All right, done. Okay. And speaking of sold, Deal Broker is our next card. <laughs> oh, it's man, a, we're a just three- good with save base. I know, right? <laughs> It's a three mana two three. Uh, it's okay. Uh, draft deal broker face up. Immediately after the draft, you may reveal a card in your card pool. Each other player may offer you one card in his or her card pool in exchange. You may accept any one offer. And he has a tap ability to draw a card and discard a card, which I which, think is very powerful. Yeah, it's a, it's what we call a loot effect. Yeah. Because um, so, you can just sort of like go rifle through your deck a little bit faster. You can get rid of lands. Like mm-hmm. later in the game when you don't need lands, like that's basically says draw a card. Yep. That's actually way underrated as uh, as an ability. Yeah. Um, and I think for a three or for a two three, it's it's vanilla test, not too bad. Yeah, I think it's 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 fine. Here's what happens sometime in draft. Like you open your first pack, there's a decent card, you know, not something amazing but decent. You pick it. Then the next pack comes, there's a good card in another color, you take that. The third pack comes, there's a good card in a third color, you take yeah. that, and all of a sudden that first card you got, which is pretty good, but not mm-hmm. amazing. You're not in that color anymore. Yeah. That could even go for the second or third card, yeah. depending on how the, the future packs go. So yeah, exactly. you're always going to have at least one money card, I'd say. That's a solid card in another color that you're not playing by the end of the draft. Yeah, and other people have that same issue. So you put that up for auction, basically, mm-hmm. and you know it, they don't have to, to offer you. But you, know, you may get something. I played this uh, one of our drafts, and I ended up getting like 
a pretty middle of the road card yeah. for a card I wasn't going to put in my deck. Like I, I, it, I got like a C level card for you know one of my other cards that just wasn't going to make the deck. It wasn't in my colors cool. and I wasn't going to use it. So yeah, and I think that I could see that happening fairly often. And the card itself is usable as a looter. So yeah, and the other thing is it's it's in a bigger game five players there's uh, you're probably going to see all five colors represented which means that when you put out a card like uh deal broker and you you find a nice card to give out to the you know sort of entice the people and this is this is great because this is politics too. yeah this true is, you could give a really nice card out too it, it doesn't even necessarily need to be you know a card that you just think is okay it could be something that's a kind of a bomb yeah and see what people give to you in return and the other well thing is, yeah that's you true because you don't have to accept the offers yeah you can just say no to everyone and see what they give you yeah you know, see what they're going to pop that's up true so if you're like a good salesman too this card maybe goes up in value like you know yeah. it has a little uh, right. it has a little equity that's not you know based on the cards it's based on your own personality yeah. type this is one of my favorite cards in conspiracy because i think it embodies what the format's all it about. makes it totally fun yeah. yeah um what do you give it I, I would still give it like a c <laughs> I, I think i give it a c plus yeah, actually, you know what? Now that I, I look at the looting ability and I'm mm-hmm. applying Brian Wong, sort of what you know the four stages of the game and what's effective. I, I think looting is is good almost always unless you're winning. I think looting is actually stronger in multiplayer than it is on one on one too, because Definitely. looting is an effect that is gets better as the game goes longer, and mm-hmm. multiplayer games just tend to go longer more often. Yeah. So the only thing I would say is looting is a little scary in you know bigger games because you have a chance to deck yourself. So you know if you have a lot right. of looting effects, you might even Listen, this is going to sound like heresy, but you might even build like a 45-card deck or a slightly larger deck. To be honest, I played Conspiracy Now with 40-card decks, 45-card decks, and one time with WorldNet, I played like an 80-card deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to talk about WorldNet yeah. much later, but yes. So so you're not crazy in this format to play a slightly bigger deck? Listen, 90% of the time, play 40 cards. Yeah. But 10% of the time, you might there might be re- enough reasons in your deck to make a there slightly bigger deck. There are a couple of cards that, that let you play a 45-card deck. And those are the ones that no thirty five card deck. Oh, thirty five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying with the forty five card deck, oh. you could play a card that, for instance, like those wolves that that search. Oh, true, itself. true. You know, you're yeah. gonna on anytime you grab yeah. one, it's your deck size immediately reduced. That's you know? true. That's true. Okay, so uh, the next card is the Lore Seeker. Ooh, nice. It's a two mana two two. I, I gotta mention how much I love the art for this guy. Yeah, he looks awesome. Um, okay. Two mana two two in a multiplayer format, not that great. Two drops in general without utility are not that great. Who cares about that? Read the but text. But he is awesome, yes. <laughs> Reveal Lore Seeker as you draft it. After you draft Lore Seeker, you may add a booster pack to the draft. Whammo. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, I've never drafted it, and every time this is the only card that I want to pull. Me too. I'm just so excited. I'm like, please let I don't even actually it doesn't even have to be me. Just please somebody at the table pull Someone a freaking lore pull seeker. Because I so bought cool. a modern masters pack for this draft, <laughs> and if no one pulls lore seeker, I'm just gonna have to sadly open it by myself afterwards because I can't let it sit around unopened. See, that's the thing. It doesn't say add a booster pack of a specific set you can literally add a booster pack from any set that you have a booster pack for so when you come to draft conspiracy just bring a couple it doesn't have to be amazing expensive packs but but it can be theros yeah it can be it can be lorwin or something if you want but it can be unhinged uh, oh that's true oh that would be crazy yeah okay so people have done it Uh, i've heard some crazy stories that would be freaking awesome so here's the thing though you add the booster pack you get the first pick from it but Mm -hmm. then you pass it so the guy you pass it to is like the winner of the lottery. He didn't have to provide the pack, but he gets the second best card from it. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that passed that pack to you, he hate, is hating life because he's getting the last pick from this, from this new, new shiny, yeah. you know, set. So, I, 
listen, I don't know. It's hard to grade this card. It really is, but it's super fun. Oh, it's so fun. It's just, it's, it opens up a world of possibilities. And I'm sure that someone's going to find something in some deck or some set that breaks conspiracy. Well, if you, there's a card in there that like if combined, you know? yeah, there's, well, if you know a lot about the sets, like you can know like, Oh, red's really strong in this mm-hmm. particular set and I'm in red. So I'm going to do that. Like, if you do your homework and you and you bring like a booster pack that's strong in each particular color, so that right. you know like oh the 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 red commons in this set are super strong, yeah. then just remember evaluate each set that you bring the booster pack for based on multiplayer. Mm-hmm. You know because that's going to change card evaluation. Yeah, um, yeah. you know because Born of the Gods is super red is super strong, but a lot of those cards mm-hmm. are not great in uh, in multiplayer. So yeah. um, just something to think about. This is really hard to grade. How do you grade it? I give it an A for drafting because I've never done it yet. I'm going to draft it like an A. I, yeah, but but, but, but what is it play, actually? I'm going to play it like a straight D. <laughs> a two for I, two, two that doesn't do anything in the actual game. I don't know. But I think like you're going to get something out of that pack you open. That's true. So it's higher than a it's higher than a D. I mean, it's, it's worth. I think it's worth drafting. Also, like it's definitely worth drafting. Also, if you pass it to someone else and they draft it, you get the worst card of the booster that they add. Yeah. So. Really hard. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it a B minus. Okay. And here's my reasoning. If there's a B card for me in that pack, mm-hmm. I'll take that over Lore Seeker. Right. But if there's a C plus card in there, I'm likely to open at least a C plus card in a brand new shiny pack. Right. And have the the highest advantage from that pack as well. Yeah, exactly. And I'll get to pick anything from that pack from another set, and I'm likely to get a card that's that's at least a C plus level in that. That's true. So I didn't even think about it, though, but that that you get to choose the pack too, so that if you are in a certain color and you know that these this set is better for you. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I never even really thought about that. So yeah, so I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say B minus. Okay, cool. I dig it. I, I can agree with you on on that level, but I am going to draft it like an A. Like, yeah, I'm drafting it like an I a would probably I, take it over everything except for like three cards in the set, just because I've never done it yet. I know. I just want to play it. And you think <laughs> seven times I've drafted Conspiracy and I haven't seen Lore Seeker <laughs> once. Seven? Uh, you got to be more like ten or eleven. Yeah, right? maybe ten or eleven. <laughs> I, I'm just you know I'm just saying it to make myself feel better about my life. <laughs> okay, right. go ahead. The next card is Lurking Automaton, cool which one. is a five mana zero zero. Again, this guy's going to get some counters. So uh, reveal Lurking Automaton as you draft it, and note how many cards you've drafted this draft round, including Lurking Automaton. And Lurking Automaton enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the highest number you noted for cards named Lurking Automaton. So how does this work? It's a little complicated. You basically, the best thing to know is that when you draft, you take the token or the advertisement card out, and then there's 15 cards in the pack. Mm-hmm. So whenever you get past a pack, if it has Lurking Automaton in it, just count the amount of cards really quickly. And then... You take that number and compare it to 15, and you'll know how many cards you've drafted. Yeah, so let's say you get it passed to you, and there's 10 cards in the pack, including Lurking Automaton. So five cards have been drafted so far. Well, it will be the fifth pick out of that. Right. So it'll be a 5-5. Yep. If there's eight cards left, that means there's been seven drafted before. It'll be the eighth, so it'll be a five-mana 8-8. Yeah, which is insane. Which is insane. It'll never go that deep because somebody will pick it up by, like, I don't think we've ever seen it go past six. No. I've never yeah. seen it go past six. Because so also, you figure if it's the sixth card in a pack, like the rest of the cards aren't as good as it. So mm-hmm. it's not like there's going to be something else calling you to grab it. Right, right. So And just a flat five mana for a 5-5 five five is good already. Yeah. Like five mana for a 6-6 six six is even better. 
Yeah. Five mana for a 7-7 seven, seven should never happen with Lurking Automaton. I mean, the only way you could make it happen is that card we mentioned earlier called Agent of Acquisitions. Yep, that is going to make this card go gangbusters because you choose the order of cards that you drafted in. Yeah, you know, so Agent of Acquisitions is the one where you can draft the entire pack. Mm-hmm. And then he's right, you. If Lurking Automaton is sitting there and you draft Agent of Acquisitions first, you say, all right, I draft this first, then this card, then this card, and you go all the way through, and the last card I draft is Lurking Automaton. It, and then it's a 15-15. <laughs> Now, if you can do that in pack one, Lurking Automaton says it gets X plus one plus one counters where X is the highest number you noted for cards named Lurking Automaton. So every Lurking Automaton you draft is as big as your biggest Lurking Automaton. Mm -hmm. So if you can make one that's a 15-15, then if you can pick up one or two more in the intervening two packs. Oh, my gosh. It's pretty pie in the sky. It's pretty. People are going to be hoping. It's pretty magical have, fairyland, but yeah. damn, <laughs> people are going to be hoping that they have any kind of removal. Yeah, uh, and it's because someone's going to know you're doing it. Yeah, you, you have to draft it face up. You got to draft it face up. You know that people are going to be planning their decks around that as well, because no one wants someone swinging in for more than you know. Like if, even if he's a seven seven, and yeah. you have like four yeah. of them. It's like oh gosh. I mean, literally, we've we've drafted this quite a few times. I've never seen above six six. Yeah. Six six is just sort of where it lands, and sometimes five five. Yeah, and the other downside is that even at six six, it's good. Yeah, exactly. And the other downside is, it, let's say you do get that card, and it is a six six at that point. You're not gonna you can't pass it to the next person. Yes, exactly. Even if there's another card in that pack that you really want, you kind of have to take it how is the seventh card in a pack going to be better than a five mana six six? that's the thing it's it's It's, not going to be the pack would have to be absolutely bonkers for that to happen um it's sort sort of luck of the draw almost because it's like wherever it was opened if you just happen to be seated like five or six seats from that person then Mm -hmm. you're going to get it and if you're not then you're not like no i've actually never drafted it because it's never just landed in that right place for me to get it on the fifth or sixth i've got it a couple times and it was a five mana six six or five mana five five both times and it's fine it's not awesome but you know for the six or seven pick in in the pack it's fine i don't know what do you give it i'll give this c plus Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe even a b minus depending on how my creatures are in my deck you know if i don't have a couple of bombs uh or just fatter guys Mm -hmm. then this guy's a six six and i'll definitely play it Mm -hmm. i'm right there with you i'm gonna give it a uh, c plus nice Okay, uh, the next card that is Draft Matters is called the Whisper Gear Sneak. Sneaky. It's a one-mana, one-one. So Broken. That, so, yeah, that's, <laughs> so that's bad. So that's bad. You're not going to put this in your, in your deck unless it has some really cool text. Yeah, exactly. Draft Whisper Gear Sneak face up. During the draft, you may turn Whisper Gear Sneak face down. If you do... Look at any unopened booster pack in the draft or any booster pack not being looked at by another player. <laughs> cool. I mean, that's fun. It's fun. You get to Sneaky. basically, yeah, you can, you can open somebody else's pack. You can look through it. You can open your own pack even. That's true. You can see what you're going to get like mm-hmm. in your next pack. I think it could be useful like you look at the guy to your, I don't know, if if it's if it's uh, round one, you look at the guy to your what is that left? Left, yeah, because he's going to pass you the pack. So you'll kn- you can sort of be like, oh, I might get one of these two cards. It could help you choose your color. Yeah, I think that's the most important part. Is this this will help you choose your color, and especially if you're opening your own packs because you're going to get the first pick out of them to be able to look at the uh, the second or third pack and being like, okay, this is what's coming up. And you're looking around the tables like, I think I have the highest chance of getting these. Maybe this will move me one way or the other. Um, but I would never draft this past maybe the 14th or 15th card in the pack. I disagree with you. I think the most important part is being able to taunt someone as you open their pack <laughs> and look through the cards, and they can't look at it yet. Strip them <laughs> of the cracking. You yeah. can take a deep whiff of the cards. Uh, like, I got mean. the first sniff. <laughs> mean. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, in that case, I give it an A. <laughs> 
I'm gonna give this in reality a D minus. I just don't think it's 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 very useful. It's it's fun. It's funny. Yeah, but it it's gonna go like. 14th or 15th yeah it's, it's a d minus it's, yeah. it's almost an f yeah it's just not that it might high. be an f yeah okay um i want to skip really quickly just because there's one more draft matters cards but it's in the lands yes it's called paliano the high city i like this guy a lot yeah this is this card is good uh you want to read it yeah so paliano the high city is a rare land with the ballinest coolest art i've ever seen uh it is reveal paliano the high city as you draft it the player to your right chooses a color. You choose another color. Then the player to your left chooses a third color. And you can tap it to add one man to your man pool of any color chosen by the you know the people next so to you. So you're going to get three colors three uh, color from fixing. this land. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like one of the shards. Right. Uh, shard lands, which we know were super powerful right. in shards of a large And this does not come into play tapped either. Right. It's This card is actually kind of bonkers. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It, you are very likely going okay. You get to choose one of the colors. So you're getting right? at least one of your colors. You're getting at least one of your colors, and then out of the rest of it, you have four colors left, and two people choosing two different colors. You have a fifty percent chance of getting those colors. And plus, I think here's a little hint: like if you're the player that's asked to name a color, but this is not your card, so mm-hmm. you're either to the left or right of the person that drafted this. You don't want to pick one of your own colors because that means they're going to start sniping cards, especially if it's early in the draft. Like if I'm right. playing red and 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 I say red, now he's going to start taking red cards. I don't want him to do that. True. So I'm going to choose a color that's not my colors, which is more likely to be one of his colors. Yeah. And if the person to the other side is smart, they'll do the same thing. So there's a decent chance, you know, I'd say it's better than 50% chance if they're if you the other players are smart that you get you know your other color mm-hmm. and a and a decent splash color, a color that's, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's and, the thing, it, it opens up possibilities for splash because now mm-hmm. you're like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, cool. If I do play Paleon, I've I've red, white and black. I could splash any of these because of this card. Now. Yeah, I've actually had a whole lot of uh, success playing three color mm-hmm. in this, and even Me three too. color with a fourth color splash, like getting really greedy, <laughs> because it's a multiplayer format. You're so gonna, the game's going to go longer. Yeah. You're also there's a mechanic we'll talk about later, but it, it does cause us to draw a few more cards than in a normal game of Magic. So all of a sudden, like, and there's a decent amount of fixing. So all of a sudden, yeah. I, I just feel like playing more colors is, is a little bit easier. So I really like this card. Um, uh, the other thing about drafting land cards and putting them in your deck is that most everybody else is going to be playing 23 of the cards they drafted in their deck. You're going to put about 17 lands, mm-hmm. 23 other cards. You know, if you use a land card that you drafted, you're now using a card. You have one more card that everybody else doesn't have. You're using 24 cards right. that you drafted, and they're using 23. Like, it's it's pretty powerful. So yeah. I'm going to give this thing a B. Oh, God, can I go B plus? I'm going to give it a B. A B? B. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, draft it over like a Sarah Angel type card, right? A card that's just powerful and does damage yeah, yeah. and stuff. But I, I always find it, it's tricky with lands because there's often going to be a card in there that's like, "Hey, you just you need more creatures right now, man. Should you be taking this land, or should yeah. you be taking this really awesome yeah. uncommon? Should you take this?" And I'd give it a, a B as well. I mean, in pack one, it's maybe better. It's because you can just start right. steering towards that stuff. Right. But, uh, and there is a little bit of variance here, but I think out of all the cards that you're taking a risk on, this is actually has a very high percentage of you actually coming out on top. Yeah. It's the yeah. It's it's definitely not very high risk. Yeah. Okay. So those are all the cards where draft matters. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go back to the artifacts and finish up the artifacts here. All right. Hopefully um, these will be this will be a, we'll be able to talk about these guys a little more quickly. Yeah, I think so. I mean, those the draft matter cards are so unique that uh, yeah. they sort of they encourage a lot of discussion. Okay. So altar of dementia. It is a two mana artifact. It says sacrifice a creature. 
target player puts a number of cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power from the top of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So this is a milling effect. Boo. Yeah, this (laughs) card sucks. I'm not going to talk about it much. I'm going to give it a F. Yeah, I'll give it a D minus. The only time I can, I'm just thinking here. It's like, all right, let's say you have Grenzo out and you want to put, you just want to mill yourself out and then use a card like Canal Dredger to put them on the bottom. Uh, F. You're giving Sorry. it a D minus for like a four card combo? Nope, it's an F. Maybe if you had Marchesa, so your stuff's going to recur. Again, let's not talk about this anymore. It's a crappy yeah. card. You're not going to mill out four players. Yeah, and, and you never want to mill out yourself either. Yeah. Uh, okay. Course of Purtle. 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 It's <laughs> a four drop <laughs> artifact. Will of the Council. Oh, new, there's a new mechanic. Yeah, new mechanic. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, starting with you, each player votes for Carnage or Homage. If Carnage gets more votes, sacrifice Chorus of Portal and destroy all non-land permanents. If Homage gets more votes or the vote is tied, draw a card. So we call these vote cards. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the whole table votes, and then there's some kind of uh, effect. This One causes voting other. every single turn. Yeah. Um, this is a mythic, by the way. Uh, so everybody's either voting to destroy all non-land permanents or, or for you to draw a card. I think this is fun. Yeah, uh, it's for fun. one, it's it it's it's like a wrath effect. That's it's like a Nevermore's disc, you know, kind of effect. a little. You don't have total control. You don't over have total it. control over it, uh, and everyone's voting for it. I think more often than not, people are not going to vote for Carnage. Correct. Uh, just because everyone likes their board, you know, unless unless one person's getting way out of control, or there are two people out of control and, and three people that aren't, then. You know, then they could flip around very easily. Uh, but I can see this card being like you draw two or three or four cards and your board starts advancing and then they decide to wrap it. You. But you've yeah. already drawn a bunch of cards, so it doesn't hurt you that much. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a tough thing to grade. I think it gets stronger if you have a couple of cards that, that, ta- that where voting matters. There's a card called Brago's Representative. You yeah. get an extra vote. There's a Grudge Keeper where anytime anybody votes against you, they take two damage. Yeah. If you have those cards, this causes a vote every turn. So just that alone could be worth it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you give it? Uh, I, I'd give it a C. I give C. it a C. Solid yeah. C. Solid C. It, it I depends. don't know if it's even solid C. It's sort of a, a yeah. liquid C. I think it'd be yeah. I think it's really fun in certain EDH decks for sure. That you maybe when you're not you know you don't have a lot of non-land permanents out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's decks that you know, you're, or something like a Marchesa deck. Yeah. You know where you can sack everything and and have it all recur. Uh, but yeah, I see. Okay. The next card is Death Render. This is a reprint. It's uh, a four mana equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two plus two. Mm-hmm. Whenever equipped creature. Di- Whenever equipped creature dies, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield and attach Death Render to it. This I is love a, this card. This is a pretty powerful card in EDH. Yeah. Uh, in I still think it's, it's powerful in conspiracy. It's definitely still powerful. Uh, four man for two two. Uh, it's two to equip. Um, it's not bad because you can put some sweet cards out in the play. You don't actually even have to put like a huge card. I mean, it's awesome if you have a Palaka Worm in your hand and you just dump like a huge creature onto the table and then, but you're attaching Death Render to whatever that creature card is. Mm -hmm. So it really, and people don't know what's in your hand. Yeah. So I found that on defense, it's really strong. If you put it on one of those 1-1 spirit tokens. Yeah, you got a 3-3 flyer. and and 3-3 flyer and nobody wants to attack you because they don't actually want to kill that thing Mm because they don't want you to drop like a 9-9 onto the table for free. Yeah, exactly. So... I think it's pretty good. I'm going to give it a B minus. I'm going to give it a B, uh, right. just because oh, wow. it, it's 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 plus two plus two. It's nice. It's and, and the nice thing is it's a free equip on whatever comes into play. That's true. You know, I think um, it's actually pretty good in a token deck uh, because yeah. you just want to make those tokens into real threats, and so right. you can just like, oh, that one dies. I drop something on the table. You know, if I even if I don't have a creature, I'll just attach it to one of the other mm-hmm. tokens and make that thing like. 
It's not to mention death render saves you from like the aforementioned ultra uh, not yeah uh coercive pearl mm-hmm. i keep saying pearl uh, <laughs> but yeah like that you or a sack outlet you know yeah with ultra dementia you can you can pop out the guy at your own that's choice. true that's yeah. true yeah the next one is uh, i think we might have differing opinions is explorer scope which is an, a one drop artifact equipment whenever equipped creature attacks look at the top card of your library if it's a land card you may put it on the battlefield tapped and it's equipped one mm-hmm so I personally really like this card because uh, in Conspiracy, you're going to have someone that you can attack every turn, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's real possible, especially if, you have, if you're if you a Flyers deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's you know there's four other people around the table or even three people around the table. You have, you have a good chance of being able to swing at someone without any consequences, especially because you can equip this to like a 1-1 Spirit Flying token. And it's like, hey, man, don't worry. It's just one damage. Not going to raise too much That's ire. True. I'm just doing this for the lands, and 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 even if it's not a land card, you do get to see what the next card is. If it if it is a land card, then great, you just ramped a little mm-hmm. bit, and this you're card going advantage. through your deck a little faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with all your reasoning. I um I, I think that it's stronger in this format than it would otherwise be in a regular one v one draft format. This oh, is uh, this is an F or or a D minus, but here it's grudgingly playable. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a C minus. I think it's gonna be. It'll be right on the edge for me of whether I play it or not. I'm putting it at a, at a C plus uh, because I think the equip cost isn't too bad. Uh, you know, two total to get it out and onto something. Um, but that's just me. I, I've, I've used this already in two or three drafts, and it's it's helped me out immensely. But whether to say that card's better than something else, then you know who knows. Oh, we're not that far apart. Yeah. Okay. The next card is Fire Shrieker. This is everybody should remember from M14. It is a three mana equipment. It's a. It costs two to equip, and it says equipped creature has double strike. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, in one v one, this is a lot more powerful than it is in multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, although, a lot of it depends on your deck. If you have ways to make things unblockable, mm-hmm. you know, in a flyers deck, it can be good. I, we've done three equipments in a row. There's actually one more. Like you can't have very many equipment in your deck because yeah, otherwise, you're going to run to a situation where you've got a bunch of equipment on the table and no creatures to put it on. Yeah. Um, this is an okay one. I don't know. I, I what do you, do you have anything you want to say about it? That is... I, I think I just think it costs too much for yeah. uh, this format. Yeah, you know, I think it's a much better card in EDH when you can stick it on Sigarda or mm-hmm. someone gigantic. You know, your commander. Um, I think the the most you're going to be able to do with Fire Shaker is put it on you know like a three three before people start hating you a lot. Yeah, I mean, if you manage to get like a six six out and put this on it, like. It, awesome. There's also yeah, but there's also the, the 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 added downside that like everyone's gonna be like, oh crap, that guy can do like yeah, twelve damage to me or fourteen like, damage to me in cool, one hit. You, you killed one person off with your fire streak, and then everybody killed you. Yeah, and everyone just targets you immediately afterward because you're tapped out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's playable. Again, be careful with uh, a lot of equipment. Definitely don't yeah. have don't have more than two, and I don't even know if two is good. But uh, yeah, when you have twenty three cards, I think you fire shrieker if it is if you are going to use one equipment it's it's only i'd rather take death render well of course but it's a rare you might not always have that option it's true i'd rather take explorer scope <laughs> i'm gonna give it a c minus i'll give it a c minus too okay Ooh, nice first up next up galvanic juggernaut uh it's a four drop for five five already pretty good stats four man there. five five is well that yeah, crushes but... the vanilla test Galvanic Juggernaut attacks each turn if able. No, I hate that crap. Galvanic Juggernaut does not untap during your untap step. And then, whenever another creature dies, untap Galvanic Juggernaut. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Three different things here. So, one thing to note is uh, I think whenever another creature dies stuff, 
very rarely happens in 1v1 to be effective. But it happens a lot more. It happens a lot more in conspiracy yeah. and, and multiplayer formats. So that is actually not the biggest downside uh, because he will get untapped. Yeah. There, there are going to be things that are dying or creatures getting sacrificed for one reason or another. It's a really good point because normally you'd look at a card like this and you'd be like, well, it's only an attacking card because it's I'm gonna I have to attack with it. I'm gonna tap it. Mm-hmm. But in in a big multiplayer format, if there's five players or something, like inevitably, like a lot of turns, you're gonna attack with it, and then somebody else is gonna kill something else on the board, and it's gonna untap, right. and you'll be able to use it on defense. Or some, someone sometimes just, someone just can't take five damage, and they have to chump block it. Yeah, you know? and then so, it untaps. It untaps, and it attacks again. The nice thing is that you do get to choose who this attacks. Yeah, it's a lot better than the Cogwork Tracker. A lot better than Cogwork Tracker. Uh, and, you know, I did manage to play this in one of the games, and I was surprised at how effective it was mm-hmm. because there was always, again, someone to attack. Mm-hmm. And it untapped more often than not. But when its time came, it died. Uh, but at the same time, it was actually kind of interesting because overall it did like 15 damage across the board to three different people. And it was I just sort of played the uh, the political, I'm sorry, man, I can't. You know, I have to attack with it. it got, it's hit, he wants to attack, not me. Yeah. You know, the card It themselves. is true. You do get a little equity from that. Like, you know, people don't hold it against you quite as badly if, yeah. if the card says you have to attack. Even though, like, you put it in your deck, dude. So you yeah. did make the choice you to play it. You drafted it, too. Yeah. And it is dealing five damage each time. So what do you give it? Uh, I'm going to give it a C. Maybe a C plus because I had a really fun experience one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a C. I think okay. it's playable. I I think it's actually okay. Yeah, uh, especially because it's just it will go. We're saying a lot. I hate these cards. I hate cards that I don't get to make all the choices for. Yeah. Okay, the next card is Peace Strider. Yeah. It's a four mana, three, three. It's fine. It uh, oh it has an enter the battlefield effect. When okay. it enters the battlefield, you gain, wait for it, three life. Whoa, game changer. Yay. Game changer. I mean, it's there's not like a lot a, to say about this. It's, it's like it's, casting life. Yeah, oh, if you're really cool. hurting for creatures, which yeah. sometimes that happens, you're drafting, you're drafting, you're drafting, all of a sudden you look at all your cards and you're like, oh, crap, I only have like 10 creatures. I just need any right. creature that's not totally embarrassing. This will sort of fit that bill. Yeah, um, there's so many other things I'd rather play. I'd rather play a two-two flyer. Oh, for sure. Right. I'd rather Not play close. anything that flies. Uh, anything that has anything on it. <laughs> yeah. How many times we draft this? Quite a few, and I've never seen one in play. No, I've seen one in play. So it just tells you like people aren't valuing this highly. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a D plus. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a straight D minus. Whoa. I don't think three life is gonna really help you out as opposed to something that can uh, four mana three yeah yeah I mean, pretty bad it's just the three like again like you're 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 putting yourself further away from death and no one else closer to it correct all right moving on we got Rhydal lantern which is a two drop artifact uh for three mana you can put target card from a graveyard on the bottom of its owner's library this is a reprint uh and it is clearly very good with grenzo mm-hmm. who we'll talk about later we'll talk about grenzo later but again he wants he cares about what cards are on the bottom of yeah, your library he can put them into play yeah. but uh i mean just no i i can't play this card again i would only play this card if i had grenzo mm-hmm. and or i was worried about decking myself or yeah. i thought the game might go so long that other people would deck themselves uh which is pretty rare if i had a, if i was playing blue and i just had a ton of card draw maybe listen maybe. I, these are all like really fringe cases I'm going to give this thing a D minus because yeah. in actuality, you'll just never play it. I'll give it a D minus too. Okay. Uh, just because there, there will occasionally be some a chance that you'll play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is nice, like, let's say someone gets rid of your favorite card and you have 10 cards left in your library and you're like, all right, I'm going to put it on the bottom and maybe I'll draw it again before I deck myself. I don't know. I mean, I, I just. I, you if know you what? had Aether Searcher and then you, right. you had to play the card that Aether Searcher will find mm-hmm. and it died, 
then you could put it on the bottom of your library and play your Aether Searcher and then put it... Listen, that's just... That's crazy talk. Let's yeah. not even talk about let's that. D minus, let's move yeah. on. <laughs> All right. Uh, ruined... Oh, sorry. Ruined Servitor. It's oh, I thought a, it was ruined, too. Yeah, hmm. but it's ruined. Which means it's still working. It's not ruined. Right. Yeah. And it is an artifact. It, they just drew glyphs all over it, I guess. <laughs> um, it's a two-mana 2-2. Two, two. Eh. Eh. When ruined servitor dies, each player draws a card. No, thank you. I never want to help my opponents. But you get to draw a card, too. Yeah, but I get to draw a card at the beginning of all my turns. That's true. <laughs> so do they. I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you just played a card that drew you and everybody else a card, so you're kind of yeah. down a card when it dies, and it's a 2-2. Two, two, so and you it's... lost a creature. You had to spend a card. Yeah. yeah. The only time I can see it being really effective is if you know a lot of players are going to be playing with eight player sacrifices a creature or something. Yeah, true. You know, and, and you want something to, to ditch that can give you a little bit of help. You're not going to know that before you play generally. I'm yeah. going to give it a D. I give it a D minus. Okay. Silent Arbiter. Say four drop artifact creature. No more than one creature can attack each combat. No more than one creature can block each combat. <laughs> and that's a one five. He's this meditating. This is a really interesting card. Yeah. Uh, he kind of helps himself out with his abilities because he's a one five. He's a good blocker um, for the most part. Yep. Uh, he, uh, uh, I don't know. He slows the game down. I think there are certain decks where you may want this. If you were controlly, if you were like, um, right. one of the archetypes is a, is a black white vote deck. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't want to attack and block that much. Yeah. So it's just slowing the game down a ton. A lot of times it's just not worth it. But it'll totally hose the token deck. Right. Which there is one. And it'll slow down the flying deck a lot, which is, I think, one of the stronger decks in the format. Yeah. So if you're not either of those decks, uh, you might think about it. Yeah. I like it. I think yeah. it's a fun card. Uh, I think you it's have to great. build around it. You have to build around it. Yeah, and, and it's if you have a Rafik EDH deck, you get that card. Yeah, you put it in. There <laughs> it's good for an EDH deck. True. Yeah. Um, what'd you give it? I give it a C plus, but with the caveat that um, you know your deck really has to be the kind of deck that wants it. Yeah, I'll give it a solid C, just because it it you know depends on a lot of different things. Okay. So you never know. Um, the next card is Spectral Searchlight. Oh, I like this guy. Yeah, it's a three mana uh, artifact, and you just tap it. Then you choose a player, and that player adds one mana of any color he or she chooses to his or her mana pool. So this isn't a mana rock, but it's a little bit different in that you can give the mana to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's a mana of any color to anybody, including yourself. Yeah, which is awesome because there are a couple of one drop color cards in here. Like, for instance, if someone's like, oh, I wish I had one more blue to play Brainstorm, yep, like, yep. hey, I can help I you can out. Do that. Yeah, no yeah. problem. It also helps uh, with your fixing and its ramp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's three mana, but in multiplayer, that doesn't matter as much. Yeah. I, I'm i just a sucker for ramp and fixing in general. And I love hugging. playing multiple colors. Group hug is great for your, your ability to sort of politic. Mm-hmm. What do you give it, Jimmy? Uh, I'd give this a C plus, maybe a B minus. Um, I'm C plus. I've put them in my decks almost every yeah. time just because. It's I don't think I've ever fixing. cut one. Yeah. In fact, if I get it early, I'm like excited because now I can just. I can branch out and take cards that I wouldn't take otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I think it's a pretty strong card. I, I I really like the choose a player aspect of it. I think that was very well designed. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, next card up is Vidalcan Orrery. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. It's a four-drop artifact. You may cast non-land cards as though they had flash. Well, Blamo. Hey, Blamo. Cool. This is a, yeah another reprint. A lot of people were excited about this card. Just that it just got reprinted. reprinted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably because it's not that great in a limited format. Yeah, you just don't. You don't have the ability to build your deck around it enough to really take advantage of it. Yeah, and you're not going to have the mana to really do it. Yeah, you don't else. have the card draw. You need a lot of things to make this good, but when you make it good, it's awesome. But you yeah. need to be able to like untap your 
mana during other people's turns mm-hmm. or have more mana and you need card draw so you can keep playing a lot of creatures yeah i mean in in multiplayer format like a normal one like this limited like is there really a great reason in most cases not to just play a creature during your turn yeah i mean it's that much better that you need a card in your deck that right. specifically does it i mean the thing is it's like you're gonna want to blocker up if you have too many blockers up then yeah the the, the thing to keep note of here is that you may cast non-land cards correct. so you could cast sorceries at instant speed correct so there you know it opens up a lot of options but at the same time it's i actually you know i don't know you, you do leave mana up more often than not in multiplayer formats because you know sometimes want you don't want to play you. your threats because you don't want people to yeah. see it it can sort of be pseudo haste because you can drop it on the end step right before right. and attack before anyone has a chance to do anything that sounds better than it is because in edh your stuff is really powerful yeah. and this it's like i drop a four four and attack with it it's like Eh. like it's kind of it's not that scary yeah the cool thing is you you could do some fun little battle tricks you could flash someone in to block and kill someone that you know they're like oh, i'm just gonna swing at you and then you you know you're they're down the card and you're, you're up a guy that can attack next turn uh, it's true it could make attacking you a little bit more scary because somebody mm-hmm. could be like um you know looking around the table you don't have a lot but you've got a fistful of cards or three or four cards yeah, and, and if they come at you you can flash in whatever you want so it's the unknown versus the known yeah all of this is adding up to i don't know what grid uh C minus. C minus. I'm with you. Yeah. Maybe even D because I just four mana and then I'd ra- I just I I always like spending my mana on other things. Yeah. True. I I, I think if you're in blue, it's actually okay because there's enough card draw. Right. And also like you have a lot of instants and, and sorceries. sorceries anyway. Yeah. So you know you can hold up your mana and you get more decision points where yeah. it's like do I want to bring in a creature? Do I want to play this instant or sorcery? Yeah. It's sort of fun to play with. I don't know how awesome it is. I I I think you can play it. Yeah. You can play it. Okay, uh, the last artifact is called Warmonger's Chariot. It's a two-mana equipment, again. It costs three to equip. Mm. Uh, Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. Um, As long as equipped creature has defender, it can attack as though it didn't have defender. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really expensive. It is expensive, uh, and there are a lot of defender cards in this deck. Or in the set? Yeah, there so. are. There's there's actually a Vent Sentinel deck mm-hmm. uh, in as one of the archetypes, which I love the Vent Sentinel deck in Rise yeah. of the Eldrazi, but I think those that deck, you probably want one of these. Maybe. Yeah, if you're, if you're going Vent Sentinel and you see this pop up, you know, grab it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, at the same time, the Vent Sentinel deck is aiming to do damage that's not attack damage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, it's just it's okay. It's not that great. It's it's kind of like the other equipments. I think I think there's certain times when you could play it depending on what your your yeah. makeup is. It's I'm very gonna, situational. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a C minus. I'm gonna give it a D. Okay. All right, let's move on to some of these lands. All right. Okay. The first land we got up is Mirrodin's Core. It's an uncommon. Uh, you can tap it to add one to your mana pool, or you can tap it to put a charge counter on Mirrodin's Core, and you can tap it, or you can tap it, and you guys might have guessed it, to remove a charge counter to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So basically, you either tap it. To add a colorless, or every other turn you can tap it for a man of every color. Yeah. Um, this sounds bad. It sounds bad, it, but it, it helps you fix. Yeah, it helps you fix, and you know, fixing is important. And being a little bit slower is not as big of a hit in a big multiplayer format as right. it is in one on one. In one on one, this card is horrible because mm-hmm. it's like half a mana every turn. Yeah. Until you get to the point where you don't need the fixing, and then it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, luckily, it does tap for one one colorless. 
mm-hmm. which means it's really like three quarters of a mana every turn, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I, I did play this last time I played the game, and I was able to, because a lot of times I just had one mana still there. And so instead of just tapping the Mirrodin's Core for, for Colorless, I just added a charge counter. And you so know. you got to the point later on where you had three or four, and then you yeah, just I had four charge counters, and I was like, okay, this can be anything I wanted any time. And I was playing a lot of cards that had uh, kickers on them, mm-hmm. so it would always help out a little mm-hmm. bit. So I found there was a lot of utility later on with it if you can, if you don't necessarily need that extra mana to begin with, because it I, sucks if you have to just tap it once for a counter and yeah, use it the next yeah. turn. You know, I found these go pretty late. I like to play a lot of colors. I've played two. I think I even played three of them in one of my mm-hmm. decks because I, you know, once I got two, I was like, sweet, I can play four color now. Yeah. So, you know, and, and again, the format can be really slow, you know, can be pretty slow. So you're not punished as much for having it, you know, so all that adds up. I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I give this C, mm-hmm. maybe C plus. Cause I, I find I, I do play this pretty often. Yeah. I'm going to give it a C because I think, uh, I'm not sure I've ever cut one, but I'm really mana greedy. So maybe it's, True. yeah, True. maybe it's a C minus, but I'll give it a C. Uh, okay. The next card is called quicksand. You can either tap it to add one mana to your mana pool, or you can tap it and sacrifice it and target attacking creature without flying gets negative one, negative two until end of turn. Okay, cool. So it's kind of like a free shock. Yeah. Only to an attacking creature that doesn't have flying. But you do sacrifice a land. And you do sacrifice a land. Which is like, do you want to sacrifice a land? I mean, do you even put this in the place of a land in your deck, or do you put it as a spell? It's a great threat. I'll say this much. If, yeah. you, if you're not worried about mana fixing as much and you have people that are going to come at you, because let's think about this. Quicksand is not an effective card late game. Yeah, right? true. It's not going to really help you when you're at parity and you're sort of tied down. And everybody's got 4-4s four and stuff yeah, exactly. now. It, it, it's really good opening mm-hmm. because it, it, maybe you can mitigate some of the damage that would be coming at you otherwise because no one wants to lose their early drops. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's also creatures without flying. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be it'll be worthless against some archetypes true, entirely. True, true. So it's, I don't know. I, I could play it. It doesn't have to be attacking you. It's true. That's true. I, I forgot that. You could just but nuke I mean, anyone. Yeah, you can nuke. I, th- I think like... It, but ideally, you'd want to do it for yourself. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, if you have a mo- if you have morbid cards, yeah, then it's possibly useful because you can make a creature die for cheap and then right. play a, mo- a tragic slip or something. You could even do it to your own creature, to be honest. Yeah, on, you'd attack with attacking. it and do it. I yeah. mean, that's pretty ballsy. It is pretty ballsy. <laughs> I mean, well, you have to be either desperate or way ahead. Yeah, super ahead. Yeah, so it's very, very conditional there. Um, I, I would give this a... Uh, C minus. Yeah, C minus. I agree. Yeah. All right. This last land we have is a reprint, and it's uh, one of the more famous lands. It's called Reflecting Pool, mm-hmm. and you tap it to add add to your mana pool one mana of any type that a land you control could produce. It's an so interesting it's, one. It's a, like it's like a doubler, right? Yeah, because not fixing exactly. You already have to have a mana that creates. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is awesome with uh, that Poliano, the High City. Right. Oh my goodness, because you can add one of any. You're gonna three have colors, three colors. Right? Yeah. Um, the chances you're gonna get two rare lands drafted in a three booster pack draft is pretty low. Um, it's I, if you have a lot of stuff that costs double of the same color, like double white, double blue, right. whatever. Then, then I think it gets a little better. Yeah. It, it it's it gives you more options, uh, and that's always nice. It's but a great I, land in EDH. It's a great land, yeah, just in EDH. It's an yeah. awesome land. Um, but for this format, it's just it's just a land. Yeah, it's you know? it's fine. But, yeah, I, I, if it fixed somehow, it would be a lot better. It doesn't. Right. At least it doesn't come into play tapped. I'll True. i say that much. True. Um, so that's nice. Um, I'd give it a C. Yeah, C I, give it a, I give it a C. I yeah. think it's fine, but I would definitely not draft it over a card that, you know, a decent card that, like, a decent creature or something. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to All white. Right. 
We're into white now. Excellent. One of my favorite colors in the set is definitely white. Okay, so our first card is a Johnny's Sunstriker. It's two white, so white, white, for a 2-2 with lifelink. It's a cat cleric. Yeah. A couple things to note. It is two white, so it's not just any color mana. If you have two colors in there and you're trying to place turn two, you better hope you have two planes in your hand. Um, Lifelink, eh. It's 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. I mean, if you get it out on turn two, being multiplayer, you're probably going to be able to get in with it once or twice. Yeah. That means it can gain you four to six life and then I think do nothing after that. Honestly, I think it's better as a chump blocker. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're playing a card only because it's some chump block, I, C minus. Yeah. Uh, C minus, maybe D plus. Okay. It, they're just better two drop options. Oh, you don't even need a ton of two drops. So it's not like a yeah. normal format. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, next up, we got Apex Hawks. It's uh, flying. So already great uh it's three mana for a two two but you're able to kick it multiple times for one in a white you may pay an additional one in the white any number of times you cast it to kick it and every time you kick it it gets a plus one plus one counter so for five mana it's a three three for seven mana it's a four four again mm-hmm. it's a flyer uh or you can just go with the three mana two two flyer as the base which yeah. is i think this card is a, great it's a wind drake with upside yeah this card is awesome because one if you're early game just play it for three and you get a two two late game you have a bunch of mana lying around boom you got a fatty flyer on the board look at this look at the art he's carrying like a giant rat he's flying with his friends he looks like he's having a great time <laughs> you know I, I agree i think this is a, is a really good card all the kicker cards are are a lot stronger in this format because the games go longer and you don't want to draw yep. a card you know on turn 14 that's just completely irrelevant but would have been awesome on turn three yeah this is a card that's awesome on turn three and still good on turn 14 yeah so this this definitely helps you out in all four of the categories of early game when you're at parity, when you're losing, and when you're winning, it it, it has options. You it's know? also pretty strong with all the conspiracy cards. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about them later, but this is one of those cards that it's a common. You're going to see quite a few of them. If you get three or four copies and then you get a couple conspiracy cards, it can actually be pretty yeah. bonkers. Yeah, and actually a lot of the grades of these cards change based on whether or not you have a conspiracy that can affect it. So just keep that in mind that... Yeah, a lot of the grades change based on if you already have multiple copies of it. Mm-hmm. So if you have one Apex Hawk, it's okay. Yeah. If you have two, it's a lot better. If you have yeah. three, four, it's it can get pretty broken because yeah. Yeah, you can start taking conspiracies really high. Yeah, but that would be yeah. the fun thing for you guys to do is after this uh, this podcast is over, you can look at the conspiracy cards and readdress the cards in the draft and say, oh, okay, so this could happen if I get these together, and that will change sort of how you can perceive the card. So what do you give it? Uh, I give it a B. I'm always going to play this guy. Yeah, I'm always going to play him. I think I give him a B minus. I don't know if I choose to go into white just because this guy's in the pack, right, right. but but he's he's very strong. Yeah, I'd say the only downside is the multi kicker is two. You know, yeah. he's already costing three. Yeah, and, if and it was one though, can you imagine? It'd be, oh he'd be just gosh, broken. That would be broken. Yeah, yeah so. it, it has to be two. Yeah, uh, I also think the white blue flyers deck is maybe the best deck in the format. So, mm-hmm. as mi- it usually is. Yeah, uh. it, but it's it's. It's even. It seems even more crazy that it's still strong when there's five players. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, having flyers and there's a up. lot of flyers. There's not a lot of answers to flyers in the other colors. And there's a lot of spirit tokens. Yeah, it's it's a good like. If I have to choose, like, and I want to win, like, I'm gonna try and go into that deck. So yeah, gets a little bit. So maybe it's a B. I, I'm still gonna say B minus. Okay. Uh, Brago's representative is the nice. next one. It's three mana, two and a white for a human advisor. It's a one four. It says, while voting, you get an additional vote. Ooh, and the votes can be for different choices or for the same choice. Yeah, very interesting that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like this card we can refer to very often moving forward. Uh, yeah. Because there are going to be a lot of times when voting is going to be sweet, especially when you have the option to vote one more time. We might talk about it a lot, but is it 
Is it worth it? Yeah. Um, I, there's a, it's deck specific. If you're building yeah. the black white uh, vote, vote deck, deck yeah. which I think can be good, you just have to be the only one doing it. Yeah. If somebody else is trying to build that same deck or a voting based deck, like you're going to split up the cards too much. Yeah, yeah. But if you have this and Grudge Keeper, um, we'll talk about Grudge Creeper later. But it, it creates a, a sort of a mini combo that can be it can be it yeah. can do some stuff. I think this card is honestly it at its absolute best when you're one v one and you have vote cards. Yeah, because yeah. you win every vote. You get to choose, and you yeah. get to choose. Yeah, especially uh, there's certain cards that really get you, let you like willow the council. Yeah. And <laughs> that just kind of breaks it. Uh, I think it's okay. Uh, it depends. Um, C, just because it's got one four too, it's, it's it can block. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a C also. Um, uh, one thing I found is that Breaker's representative is very rarely attacked. Very rarely like taken out. Um, especially because people it just don't care about it as it much. Doesn't care about it as much. Yeah, it's not a threat to them because it's more of a blocker. Um, so yeah, I, I like him. I like him a lot. All right, next up is Council Guardian. It costs six total for five and a white. It's a giant soldier creature. Will of the Council. Uh, it's also a five-five. I might mention. Uh, Will of the Council. When Council Guardian enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player votes for blue, black, red, or green. Council Guardian gains protection from each color with the most votes, or tied for most votes. So it can't five, get protection from white. First can't get of all. protection from white. Let's say there's five players. I vote for red. The next person votes for red, and then it goes green, blue, blue. So red is the color that it gets protection yeah. from. But if it's tied, then it gets protection from multiple colors. They got to cool. be crazy to make it get tied. Yeah. Uh, if you had two votes, you could vote for two colors. Yep. And then uh, they could still orchestrate it however they want. They'll talk among themselves. You're normally going to get one co- protection from one color. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's just not that great. Yeah. Um, it's it's so conditional and and oftentimes no one's gonna i mean unless you're really pulling favors and people really like you and you can convince them to do what you want them to do or somebody owes you if somebody owes you right uh but then you again like you can't rely on anyone else but yourself at the end of the day and if somebody owes you you can you can orchestrate that into advantage from a lot of different cards not just some crappy card like this i mean it's a six mana five five so it's not completely unplayable yeah i'm gonna give it a d plus i'll give it a d okay i just haven't played it but yeah. this next card, whew. Yeah, Council's Judgment. This one's gotten a lot of press also uh, for Legacy, no less. Mm-hmm. It says, Will of the Council. That's a vote card. Oh, sorry. It's a sorcery for three mana, two white and a colorless. Starting with you, each player votes for a non-land permanent you don't control. Exile each permanent with the most votes or tied for the most votes. Ooh. Exile. So, yeah, it exiles at least one thing. Although you don't necessarily get to choose what that thing is, mm-hmm. um, but it could exile more than one. In yep. fact, we've seen it exile more than one on a couple of occasions. Yeah, um, really good with Brago's representative, which gives you extra votes. This is in Legacy; they're using it to get rid of the uh, true name nemesis in one on one. Right, right, yeah. Cause, it's cause one it's of the cheap ways tied. to get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think one of the important things is exile a permanent that you don't control. Correct. Right. So if you did it can it never one, hurt you. Yeah. If you did it one on one and you named one thing and the other person named something else on their table for some reason, then both those guys get tossed yeah. out. But the if thing it's one on one, you get what you're aiming at. Yeah. You exile it no matter what. Yeah. Um, I think it's really fun with Broca's representative because I, I did this a couple times where I chose two things that were the biggest threats on the board. Yeah. I'm like, guys, if this vote ties. They both go both away. Go. And so the people that don't own those two things are going to be like, okay, I vote for one of those and you vote for the other one. You know, right. it's like fun right. stuff can happen like that. And It also can go the other way, though, where you vote for something and then all the other three players vote for something else. Something else, right. And it's just like, you know, it didn't hit what you wanted it to. Yeah. Um, At the same time, though, this will almost guaranteed get rid of the biggest threat on the board. True. That's not yours because not yours. everyone's going to be like, well, yeah, because the other players 
besides the player whose threat mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, I yeah. agree. So I'm going to give it a B minus. Ah, I'm going to give this a B plus. If All I'm right. playing white, this is going in there um, no matter what. Well, yeah, I'm I'm you not know. cutting it, but yeah. uh, I'm not picking it ahead of you know something you know of a B or a B plus, which right, right. What I consider like Sarah Angel level, right? Something. Right. Yeah, at the end of the day, it still is a sorcery, and um, it just it misses sometimes. I mean, yeah. I think it, a it lot of times miss, it connects, yeah. but yeah. I mean, to be honest, swords to plowshares is honestly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, okay, courier hawk. It's a uh, two drop for one in the white. It's a creature. It's a bird, and it's a flying vigilant one two. You cool. know, I think normally this is not a great card, but the flyers are pretty powerful in this set. And yeah. there's things like favorable winds that buff all your flyers. There's it's nice to have around. Yeah. Know? Also with the conspiracy cards, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can make it pretty powerful. I still don't think it's awesome. Um, the fact that it has vigilance in multiplayer is actually vigilance is much more powerful because yeah. you know a lot of times the reason you don't want to attack is not because you don't have a profitable attack it's because you want to leave up to block you, yeah you can't afford a crackback from two or three players yeah. it's not like one on one where it's like I'm gonna attack him I have a I profitable know what's attack coming at me next yes turn. exactly but yeah. I have three or four players I have to worry about so vigilance is actually more relevant uh, I'm still not giving it a super high grade I think I'm yeah. gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a C. Yeah, I, I could see that. C or C minus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you have better flyers, then you're going to play those. Obviously, Apex Hawk is better. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Okay. I'll take it. All right, the next card is Custody Soulbinders. One of my favorite cards in the entire set. Yeah, it's uh, it's a rare. It's four mana, uh, three and a white mm-hmm. for a zero, zero. So you might be um, anticipating some. some text here, and there is. <laughs> Custody Soulbinders enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the number of other creatures on the battlefield. Wow. Boom. Five players. This thing's going to be fat. Wow. I mean, we've <laughs> seen this coming as 1818 for four mana. Yep, you yeah, know. especially with token decks out there. Yeah, too. It's, it can get nutso. Um, here's where it's nuts. It's yeah, the next ability. It has more text. Yeah. Uh, so you can also tap two in a white. You don't have to tap the Soulbinders. Mm-hmm. So it's two and a white, and then you remove a 1-1 one, one counter from Custody Soulbinders, and you put a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield. This may seem like it's not powerful, but no, this is incredibly it's powerful. It's crazy. It's in, it's crazy. You can do it at instant speed. You can do it at the end of your turn. You can do it. You, you don't. You, you, Custody Soulbinders can be tapped. You can do it. Um, it's, oh my gosh, this is so great. You get to put flyers onto the battlefield, and this guy, I mean, if he's like a 16-16, it becomes a 15-15, like, that's not a big deal. I think this is far and away. This is a cycle. Each color has a guy right. like this. This is the best one by far. By far. 1-1 one, one white, 1-1 one, one spirit flyers are, mm-hmm. like, relevant. Cre- like, it's not making something that's not worth a lot. It's making yeah. something that's actually very powerful. Not to mention there is going to be a card later on in white that makes your little tokens the most yep. broken yep. things on the battlefield. Yeah, intangible far. virtue and favorable wins. Mm-hmm. So, yes. this card... Uh, Oh man, this card is bonkers. Yeah, uh, every time I played this, I've loved it. Because... There's also if you have Brago, you can uh, you can flicker him. You did this, yep, which was freaking brutal. Uh, so you take a couple counters off. You know, it comes in as an eighteen eighteen. Yeah. That's not good enough. I'm gonna make him a fourteen fourteen, but I have four flyers. Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna flicker him out, so he becomes in twenty twenty now because yeah. there's more car- creature cards. Counting my own flyers. Yeah. Uh, what do you give it? Uh, I give this an A minus. Or an A. I give it an A. I, I give it an A. Card. I give it an A. It's, it's my favorite white card, yeah. I think. I give it an A. Said. It's a yeah. bomb. It's a straight bomb. Yeah. Uh, if you land it out on the battlefield and, you know, there's n- they can't immediately 
crack and kill you, yeah. you have a really good chance to uh, take not, over that game. Not to mention, you can combine some conspiracy cards with it and make it really fun <laughs> just by giving it haste. Yep, yep. All right, Custody Squire is our next card. It's four and white. Uh, it's a spirit cleric, so as you can guess, it's going to be a flying 3-3. Three, three. And it's got Will of the Council. When Custody Squire enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player votes for an artifact, creature, or enchantment card in your graveyard. Return each card with the most votes or tied for most votes to your hand. So you're almost always going to get one card from your graveyard back, yeah. depending on what's in your graveyard. This is good. I mean, it's card advantage. Yeah, it's card uh, advantage. You get a, you get three three five for for five, which is uh, it's okay. You know, it's not bad. It does have a little bit of setup cost in that you have to have something in your graveyard that yeah. you can target. A lot of times, this is a this is a five drop, so a lot of times there will be something, but not yeah. always. And to be honest, you're you're most often going to get a creature. Uh, very yeah. rarely are you going to have an artifact or enchantment in there for you to grab. Um, you know, I, I think it's a strong card. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't many flyers. So. Definitely 3-3 three, three is bigger as a flyer. is It's big. It's pretty relevant for the entire game. Yeah, I, I'd give this a uh, maybe a C plus, B minus. Yeah, I think I'd give it a B minus. Yeah. I mean, just because it has flying always gives it. It's a 3-3 three, three flyer that up. nets you a card mm-hmm. uh, up very often. I mean, sign me up for that. I mean, it's great late game. It, again, this works well in all situations yeah. in the game. You know, early game setting up. Even if you don't have a card there, you still have a 3-3 three, three flyer for five. Uh, you're not going to really play that early, but especially if you're in, like, parody and you need something back, mm-hmm. you know. Imagine someone gets rid of because so these Soulbinders. I mean, I think the only downside is that it's a five drop. You know, it's a little bit expensive. But yeah. again, in big multiplayer games, uh, we're not as worried because they tend to be slower. So right. it's similar to M14, how like uh, in M14 draft, like you stopped really caring about the mana cost of everything because the format was slow enough to allow you to do most things. Right. So then it was just a question of what are you doing? And yeah. I think yeah, this I is similar. So, yeah. okay. Um, the next card is called Doomed Traveler. Ah. Uh. It's, this classic. is a classic. Yep. It's a uh, one white mana for a 1-1 one, one human soldier. When Doom Traveler dies, put a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Two for one. Kind of, because I don't think a 1-1 one, one guy on the ground is really a full card. But this has actually surprised me. Uh, I haven't ever really loved this card in the past. Sometimes it's been serviceable. Mm-hmm. But because there is a token deck and there is a flying deck, and both are strong, Yeah. Uh, both have anthem type effects that exist for them, right? Um, and spirit tokens is totally a thing. There's a lot of things that create spirit tokens, mm-hmm. and there's a few cards that you know, like echoing courage or right. things like that. So I think this all adds up, and it's playable, not super exciting. I give it a C minus. Yeah, I'll give it a I give it a C minus as well, uh, just because it's it's great in the early part of the games, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the other states of the game, you're not really going to want to play it. Um, you don't want to draw this turn 10. Not really. You know, Unless rather... you have a sack outlet, even then you're not super happy. Yeah, you're just not really happy with it out of the way. Um, okay, next up is Glimmer Point Stag, which is a four drop, uh, two and two white. It's a Vigilant 3-3 three, three Elk. It's uh, it's Elmer, as they call it on limited resources. Oh, hey, guys, Elmer. we use your special name thing. Nice. That's true. All right, so when Glimmer Point Stag enters the battlefield, exile another target permanent, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So it flickers one thing. It's kind of like a flicker whisk, yeah. but it's not as awesome because it's not a flyer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it is vigilant, so you can attack with a nice 3-3 three, three body for four, which is okay. I think, in, in like we said, in multiplayer, vigilance is a little stronger. Yeah, and actually, you know, to be honest, after playing another draft uh, or two with Glimmer Point Stag, I've come to like it more because of things like Custody Soulbinders and all the other 0-0 zero, zero creatures out there that have uh, tokens on them. Because, yeah, that's true. You know, um, it it can get rid of tokens 
you know, if Custodial Soul Byron is getting out of control, you can you can clear it off the board, and hopefully by the time it comes back, it's not as strong. Um, there there are ways, you know, it can kill tokens. Or as you well. can reset your yeah, you can Soul reset Byron. your yeah. own stuff as well. I think it, I think it has a lot of utility. Uh, again, that's dependent on what's on the board, but it's not terrible. Yeah, I think it's playable. Uh, I'm gonna give it a. I don't think it's a super high pick. What do you give it? Yeah, I'm gonna give it a D plus, like you did. Okay, D plus. He already knows what I gave it before I, I even gave it. How it's, does he do that? How do I do that? It's like <laughs> I have some kind of document next to me or something. All right, uh, next card, Guardian Zendikon. Uh-huh. That is a, it's an enchantment aura. It costs two and a white. It says Enchant Land. Enchanted Land is a 2-6 white wall creature with Defender. It's still a land. When Enchanted Land dies, return that card to its owner's hand. This is an interesting one. I think there's only one use, and it's the Vent Sentinel deck. Yep, and that's what I used it in last weekend. Yeah, and I think, I, like I said, I love Vent Sentinels, so I think it's sort of fringe playable only in that deck. Otherwise, this card basically sucks. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> you don't want to be changing your lands into things you can't tap because you want to defend with them. And it can't attack. Like, I, I'll change my land into a 3-3 creature that can attack, but... Yeah, that'd be fun. A 2-6 wall, like, who... I don't know. Maybe in the vote deck where you you're you're not going to kill people through attacking and blocking, so you're right. going to sit back. It might be something. Right. I'm going to give it a D. I give it a D, uh, unless you're playing Vent Sentinel. This this is just not useful. Maybe even the D minus. You know, uh, it, uh, outside the Vent Sentinel deck, I would never play the card. Yeah. Okay. There's just Fair so enough. many other things to do. All right. Next card is an Enchantment Intangible Virtue, one in a white. Creature tokens you control get plus one, plus one, and have vigilance. This is actually like, there's been some sets where it's not good. Mm-hmm. This It's good in this set. It's great in this set. Yeah. If you draft the right cards for that card, then it's a bomb. It's the best thing you could drop on the board. If you're in a green-white token deck, which is a thing, there's a lot of tokens it can make. This yeah. thing is like a super yeah. powerful card. It's it's It I mean, can be a blowout. I mean, it, yeah, exactly. it, you can get to the point where you can literally kill two two players at once. Um by dropping intangible virtue at the right time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's unplayable in certain decks, but usually if you white has a lot of token creators. Mm-hmm. So even if you're only white, there's a chance that you could still play it. You'd have to have a lot of uh, the rousing of the spirits, the custody soul binders, you know, the doom travelers, you know? Yeah. And there's a card that you can reveal everyone parlays and you mm-hmm. can get tokens on the battlefield for that. I might even play it if I just had two, two squirrels nest. And like one oh, other thing, squirrels nest. yeah, I forgot all about that. We okay. haven't talked about green yet, and we'll get to it later. But this this card is actually pretty strong in this set. Uh, what do you give it? Uh, I'm gonna give this a solid C plus. I think I'm gonna give it a C. I'm gonna up my grade. Yeah, I think if you're if you're running uh, tokens and stuff, then this this card is a must play. Yeah. Uh, if you're yeah. not, then it's not so hot. Yeah. If you know somebody's drafting that deck, though, I mean, man, you might hate draft this in yeah, the middle of the pack. Yeah, it's right? pretty devastating it's, when they drop it. Yeah, totally. Okay, the next uh, card is a, called Core Chant. It's uh, three mana, two and a white. For an instant, it says, All damage that would be dealt this turn to a creature you control by a source of your choice is dealt to another target creature instead. Wow. Oh, it's a little bit clunky. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty clunky. It's it can be clunky. sort of pseudo-removal. Um. Yeah, I think it's it's really clunky. I think you'd be a little bit desperate to play this card. Yeah, there's better battle tricks uh, that cost less, 
and they're more effective. Yeah, I mean, you're going to think of all these instances where, like, what if they attack me with a 6-6 six, six and I only have a 1-1 one, one, and, and then I can turn get, around and kill it. Yeah, and kill it or something else or, you know, get rid of another threat on the board. I think that's that's maybe the best part is you can choose someone else's creature and be like, oh, actually, this guy can go bye-bye now. Yeah, but, it's just, I don't know, it's a little bit hard to set up. It's a, It's slightly better in multiplayer because you can actually you can plan it with another player at the table. You can be like, hey, listen, I've got this thing. We both want to kill that other thing over there. What you do is you, because he'll never block with that. You attack me with it, and then I'll use this to bounce the damage over to that thing. Yeah. And so so it has a little bit more use in multiplayer. I still think uh, I give it a D plus. Yeah, I'll give it a D. Okay. Just because battle tricks, I think, aren't, it's a waste of a card most times for a, one, for a one-off that maybe doesn't give you as much upside as a, just a straight creature would. And you still have the same problems with removal that we talked about uh, in our yeah. deck building episode, which is like if you and another player exchange cards, so you're at card parity with one of the players and you both both at card disadvantage to the other players yeah, at the table. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, the uh, next card we have is called Moment of Heroism. It's an instant for a one and a white. Target creature gets plus two, plus two, and gains lifelink until end of turn. Um, another another combat trick. Another combat trick. It's 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 on the same level as core chant. I just don't think it's useful. Yeah, um, I, I actually like it a little less than core chant. Um, I just don't think it does enough to warn a card. Yeah, I definitely like it less than core chant. Again, yeah. lifelink is is only certain in certain times. Helpful. I mean, lifelink in one v one. What it can do is, um, if you're racing another player, it can give you a big life swing. Right. You know that all of a sudden you're racing, you're racing, you're racing. Now I just gain six life, and mm-hmm. we're not racing anymore. You're just so yeah, far behind, exactly. you know, because I gained a bunch of life that we can't race. But in uh, or in, stick it on your Castelli Soulbinders and you know hit them for twenty. <laughs> yeah. You know. True. True. Um, yeah. In multiplayer, you're just not in a racing situation all that often. Yeah. You'd have to have everybody else eliminated. You're down to one player. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you have to play it so carefully at that point that it's just I wouldn't play it. I give it a D. Yeah, I give it a D also. Okay, cool. Next card is called Noble Templar. It's uh, six mana, five and a white. For a human cleric soldier, it's a 3-6 with Vigilance. It also has Plane Cycling for two, which means you can pay two, discard this card from your hand, and then you can search your library for a Plains card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library. So it's also doubles as Fixing. Mm Mm-hmm. This card rarely gets played. It's the only thing I would say is because of plane cycling. Yeah. It's a little bit of fixing. Like I put one in my deck once because I like to play like four colored decks. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. And so you just need fixing. So I've actually put it in there only because I want to plane cycle it. Yeah. I think ultimately this card is good uh, only in two ways, which is plane cycling and when you need a defender. Yeah. Because uh, you're not going to swing with a three six with vigilance is it's okay. You know, and it costs six to get out. You're not going to put it out till like, the mid to late game. Eh. It's pretty crappy. It's pretty crappy. I mean, the, the only time I could see this really being effective is with a card like Brainstorm, where you ditch two cards that you just don't want in your hand, and then you can use this to, to get a free shuffle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, boy, that's going a long way. I'm going to give yeah, it, it a... it is going a long way. <laughs> I'm going to give it a D plus. Yeah, I'll give it a D. Okay. Uh, next up, Pillarfield, Ox. We've seen this guy before. Three in the white. Creature, Ox, two, four. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about it. D. D. Okay. Right. <laughs> Pride Guardian. It is uh, one white mana for a 0-3 with Defender. When Pride Guardian blocks, you gain three life. Okay. Yeah. Vent Sentinel deck. Vent this Sentinel. This is okay. The, the thing I will say about this card is, like, for one, 0-3 is really not that helpful for very long. Yeah. Also, it, in this set, there's a card that can switch the power and toughness Mm-hmm. of a creature until end of turn. In, yeah. It's called the Crook Claw Transmitter. We'll talk about it later. It's also a common, the Crook Claw Transmitter is. And it basically kills this thing 
I think this is the only creature that just kills outright when it comes in. Yeah, I think so too. There might be a one more that we haven't. So there's a common out there that kills this thing for free. Yeah. And usually people play that their their transmuter out, and then, you know sometimes they look around the table and they're like, "Well, I'll just kill that." Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Pride Guardian. You know, I I, I tried playing it in a deck that didn't have Defender because mm-hmm. I was like, you know what. I don't see many dethroned cards going around, so it's okay to have the most life mm-hmm. in this game. And ultimately, I almost was never able to block with it because flyers. Yeah. So or just something with four power or more. Yeah, exactly. For a one drop, you know, I could see this being okay in first turn. Yeah. Uh, terrible late game. Terrible. Parody. Terrible. Terrible when you're losing. D minus. More terrible when you're winning. D minus. F. <laughs> All right. Pristine Angel. I've cracked open. I don't know how many boosters of this set, and I haven't seen this guy yet. I want to see it. Yeah. It's uh, it's an angel, so you know things are already sounding good. It's six mana, four and two white for a four, four flying. As long as Pristine Angel is untapped, it has protection from artifacts and from all colors. Whenever you cast a spell, you may untap Pristine Angel. This sweet. card is sweet. Yeah, this card's oh sweet. Uh, goodness, four four flyer is, is there's only one card bigger than that mm-hmm. in this set, it, which doesn't even matter because it's got protection from all colors artifacts. Yeah. Um, this basically like you can attack with it, but it's actually just a huge stop sign. No, you will attack with it because you have a second main phase. You know, after you attack, you can just play the smallest little thing and get it untapped. True, but I mean, it just opens it up. Like True. I think there's a lot of there's uh, there's a, a good amount of time where you're just like I have this thing and it stops everything. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you can block with it. I think, you know, that's something you need to think about when you have it because in multiplayer, like, blocking is almost more important because you'll have one attack phase, Mm -hmm. but your opponents have four other attack phases. So you're defending four times and attacking once, you know, potentially. Anyway, this card is bonkers to me. I'm going to give it an A. Yep, and and it's situational if you want to attack with it and you could cast yep. something yep. small after to an untap it great and you know that no one has like you know one white up to swords it if you have you an instant it. it's 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 you can totally screw them because you can yeah. attack with it they go to tragic slip it you use your instant untap it and the tragic slip just freaking fizzles just fizzles yeah so they just like got nothing for their yeah yeah that oh kill me if that ever happens yeah give me an a on that guy though. <laughs> all right raya Dawnbringer is the next one she is nine mana. That's three white and six colorless. For a legendary creature, Angel, she's a four-six flyer. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Heck yeah! We have seen uh, this come out once or twice in our in our drafts. Um, everyone goes to kill it immediately. <laughs> yeah, it. Listen, it costs nine. That may that's a lot, it but you, a lot. you're often going to get there in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a normal draft, nine is just like you'll never cast it. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: when you do cast it, you're you have a this is a card that will win you the game. Yeah, I mean they Straight have up. they have to come kill you really soon because you, your creatures are just going to keep coming back. Yep, it's really hard to get through a four six flyer to begin yeah. with. In fact, there's no cr- creature in the set that naturally gets through a four six flyer. Uh, Sorry, no other flying creatures that get through it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's super strong. Um, it just costs nine is the only thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, death render it out. I don't know. Find a way to get it out there. Just nine's not that hard to get to in multiplayer. Like, it, yeah. you, you know, you look around at the end of the game and everybody has nine, ten mana. It's just games go that long. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be some percentage of games where you don't get that far, but I'd say 80% of the time you get to nine mana. Yeah. Uh, at least you're going to get to at least turn 15, I found. I mean, a lot um, of times, yep. Yeah, so she's a straight A. Yeah, I give her an A also. Maybe an A minus just because of the nine. But yeah, but and she puts so much of a target on your back. I don't know. But it, she comes out on turn nine. By yeah. then, you know, yeah. Make sure you put her in Cali of the Vest. <laughs> That's for sure. All okay. right. Next up, we got Rousing of the Souls. I really like the sorceries card. now. Yeah, it's got two and a white. 
parlay. Each player reveals the top card of his or her library. For each non-land card revealed this way, you may put a 1-1... One, one, no, you put a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Then each player draws a card. This is our first instance of parlay? Yeah. So for parlay, the mechanic is almost always... It is, actually. Reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card, then it affects whatever's happening. And everybody everyone, reveals a top yeah, card. and everyone always gets to draw that card. Correct. So everybody reveals a card. It affects the, the card that you just played, and then everybody draws a card. This is a really cool mechanic. It causes... This is what we were talking about earlier when we said that it causes more card draw overall mm-hmm. throughout the games, uh, which makes it so that you know your mana screwed less often because you know you just get to draw a few more cards which is good because they made the format so that because it's no fun playing with five players and one dude's mana screwed it's no yeah, fun ever to be I mana agree. screwed but it's way less fun in multiplayer so yeah i actually love this card um, i love it because when other people use it i get to draw yeah <laughs> i love it because when i use it i get to put tokens out yeah and it this really it matters how big the pod is this is one of those all the parlay cards are like you have to think when you're in the draft and you're choosing your cards, like how many people am I going to be playing with in the game? If it's yeah. five, this card is awesome. Yeah. If it's four, right. this card is good. If it's three, this card is 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 worse. Yeah. And again, this card combos nicely with cards like Brainstorm, which otherwise would be okay because mm-hmm. you can you know you can stack Set the deck so that at least you have one non you know you're going to have a non land card that you're drawing that turn. I mean, I think usually like sixty percent of everybody's deck is non land. So mm-hmm. you know if you've got five people, you're going to get on average like three yeah. spirit tokens. So three power in the air for. For three mana is awesome. Yeah, it combos well with some of the conspiracy cards. Uh, we'll talk about later, but some yeah. of them cost make it cost one less mana. Some of them double it up, yeah. so you cast it twice. Some of them make it so that uh, it you draw a card when you when you play it. Like, mm-hmm. I love this card. I always yeah. I always take it pretty high. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. And, and to bring it back to uh, the explorer scope, if you're using that guy, then you're almost guaranteeing that you're going to have a non-land card up top because you're putting the the rest of them onto your battlefield. The other thing I should say is there's not a lot of common or uncommon well there, I don't know if there is, maybe there's one uh, Wrath Effects in the uh, set so so the 1-1 tokens are actually like harder to get rid of in general. Um, Yeah, I'd give this a I'd give this a C plus, maybe even a B minus. I think I'm gonna. I wrote down C plus, but I think I'm. I just talked myself into B minus. Yeah, right. I think you talked me into it too. <laughs> um, and also, there's favorable wins and intangible virtue, which yeah. both pump your uh, tokens. So you have two ways to sort. Of, and there's there's echoing courage, which is a combat trick that mm-hmm. that will affect all the tokens at once. Yeah, it's just well positioned in this set. Yeah, yeah B-. and there are very few answers to lots of tokens. Yeah, there are a couple, but not as many as you know i think are necessary to really beat the deck and in the irony that is life we are going to talk about one of those counters to the loss of tokens as the very next card yep it's called route it's uh five mana two white and three for a sorcery it says you may cast route anytime you could cast an instant if you pay two more colorless to cast it so that would make it seven mana if you want it to be an instant and says, destroy all creatures. They can't be regenerated. Nice. So it's basically Faded Retribution that you can cast as a sorcery for two less. Yeah. Oh, no. Faded Retribution takes care of Planeswalkers, too, doesn't it? Yeah, it's true. But you're not going to see many Planeswalkers in draft. I'll say that much. Yeah. It's Wrath of God, whatever. Yeah, it's Wrath of God for five. Uh, it's got Elish Norn being a total badass on it. Um, I'd say oh, yeah, it, that is Elish Norn. Yeah. I'd say it's pretty great. Cool. I like it. It's it's. You're, the thing is, you're not going to really see it very often in draft because it's one of the rares. Rare. Yeah. yeah, it's a powerful effect. It it does things um, that no other card can do. It can sort of save you in situations where no other card would save you. Mm-hmm. I think in multiplayer, wrath effects are even more powerful. I would literally put this in ev- in any deck that I was playing white. Yeah, even if I'm the token deck or the flying deck, because 
if the game's going badly and you just don't have anything and people have a lot of stuff or whatever, yeah. like, or if it's in your starting hand, you can just play towards it. You can sort of, you know, yeah, pretend right. you're mana flooded and just complain like, man, I'll just, I'll just draw. I wish I could draw a creature any day now yeah, and just right. not play anything and just wait till turn five and wrath everybody's stuff and then play out your stuff. Like there's just a lot of ways to abuse it in, in yeah, multiplayer. Exactly. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, especially too, if you're like in the position where you're going to die and you need to just save yourself, you know, or maybe you're like, crap, this guy's attacking with everything. Well, because you know, everything's going to die. Cause I know I'm going to route. Mm-hmm. It's going to chump block with everything. Maybe, you yeah, know, true. Save myself that damage true. and then just clear the board. True. Yeah, I, I'll give this a, a B plus. I'm with you. B plus. Okay, cool. Silver Chase Fox. Uh, we've seen this guy before, right? Mm-hmm. He's a one in a white for a two two. All right, not bad. And for a one in a white, you can sacrifice him to exile target enchantment. Well, not too many enchantments. Uh, There's not there. too many big enchantments that are yeah. popping off. Uh, you know that that are popping into my head is like, man, I really wish I could yeah. get rid of that. He's nice for morbid effects if you're playing black white. Um, true. Uh, you know it's but the thing is you have to be able to exile an enchantment to begin with and again you have 23 cards that you're putting in your deck most of them gonna be creatures and instants and sorceries so he's basically two two for two once in a while you might want that effect i don't know yeah i give him a c minus i give him a d okay yeah uh next card is soul catcher it's a it's two mana one and a white for a flying bird soldier one one it says, whenever a creature with flying dies, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Soul Catcher. This card is actually, I think it's sort of sneaky. There are a whole lot of flyers. Very sneaky, especially if you're playing with those flyers. Yeah, if they're your flyers. But even if they're not, because any flyer that dies is not just your flyers. Mm-hmm. It gets a 1-1. One, one, and I think it's pretty innocuous. Like, you put it out, nobody's going to worry about it. And then before you know it, it could be like a 4-4 four, four or 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, with flying. Yeah, that you put out early and just sort of sat there. Yeah. Uh, and the nice thing is if you have a bunch of spirit tokens and you're, you can just chump yeah. block with them because yeah. you're like, all right, what's well, they're just going to die sometimes. Like yeah, people. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and those creatures get to, you know, give soul catcher some more fun, mm-hmm. you know? So it's fun. I, I like it just cause it's a two for one, one flyer. Yeah. And it, it has the possibilities to get bigger and it will get bigger. You well, know, yeah, is... you're right though. If you start chump blocking or just attacking with like three spirit tokens, even though, you know, they can block one, yeah. you know, all of a sudden you might have, if you get that thing five, five or bigger, there's just nothing to deal with it in the set besides removal. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm going to give it a C. I'll give it a C plus. Nice. I think, I think it can be very helpful. Depending, okay. you know. All right. Next up we got stave off, which is for one white. It's an instant. Target creature gains protection from the color of your choice until the end of turn. Um, it's a combat trick. Um, it's a combat trick. Listen, it's also it's an anti-removal trick. It is. It can save a creature. I guess if I had like a couple of big bombs, I might think about it. Yeah. This is like God's Willing in Theros, which was a really actually a good card in Theros, but there's no heroic mechanic in mm-hmm. uh, Conspiracy. So I, st- I just don't really like it in- unless... I would have to have like three big bombs or something that I really want to protect. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, I, I just think there's better cards. Yeah, that are one in an instant, and the next one that we literally are going to talk about. <laughs> is yeah, true. So um, what do you? Yeah, I, I'd say I give it a D minus. Okay, I give it a D. I'm just not a big fan of battle tricks. Yeah, I, you know, I was at one point because I thought they seemed really cool, and then I started playing them and realized they. In general, you want maybe one, maybe two. Yeah, no more. Yeah, and there there and are. This is not a great one. I'll, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are a couple that I'll talk about that are the ones you want. So. Okay, the next card is maybe the greatest removal spell ever printed. Yeah, it's outside Path to Exile. Yeah, uh, and in some cases, it's better than Path. Yep. It's called Swords to Plowshares. It's one white mana for an instant. It says, Exile Target Creature. Its controller gains life equal to its power. At instant speed. It's 
just awesome. It was it was awesome when Magic first uh, was invented. Yep. It's still awesome to this day. It's, it's um, just one mana for an exile. Yep. Amazing. It can save you in a lot of different ways. It can save you when a creature is attacking you mm-hmm. and that creature is going to kill you. It can also save you if something's going to do damage to you. Yeah. You can exile your own creature to gain the life. Yep. So there's a little versatility there. This card is just, it's always been good. I give it a B plus. Yeah, I give this an A minus. I, I can't see myself never not playing this. I, I'll first pick this out of a pack and just go white. Yeah, I would first pick it. Uh, I would pick a. I would pick an A card over this though. Right. Yeah. If Rail was sitting in there, I'd take that. Yeah. If they were both in this pack, I'd hope I get that card. That card I would hope Rail. I had the Cargrick Librarian. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, all right, next up is Unquestioned Authority, two and a white, uh, Enchantment Aura. Enchant Creature, when Unquestioned Authority enters the battlefield, draw a card. Enchanted Creature has protection from creatures. Hey, hmm. Mini Tesa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this card Build your own Tesa. Yeah, build your own Tesa. I like this card a lot because you get to draw a card when it comes into the battlefield, and your creature is just pretty strong. You know, it makes it even stronger than it already is. I think, it's, I think protection from creatures is underrated. I think yeah, it's well, because it's unblockable. And it can block anything. Yeah, it can block anything. And the draw card when it enters the battlefield makes it, you know, usually the downside of auras is that you can get two for one. When they kill that creature, you lose two cards. Mm-hmm. This can It can still happen to you, so be a little careful when you play this card. Um, if you play it, and while it's on the stack, they dest- they somehow destroy, like with Tragic Slip or Swords of Plowshares, the mm-hmm. creature you have it aimed at, then it never enters the battlefield, and so you don't get to draw the card. Yeah. So be careful about playing it into a bunch of untapped mana by your opponent. Um but I think this card is stronger than it looks, yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially because there are so many fun little bombs that you could put it on. Yeah. You know, if you put this on Custodial Soulbinders, then it's awesome. You can just attack into anything. And... A lot of times, too, in multiplayer, like the boards get built up to the point where it's hard for anybody to really profitably attack without yeah. leaving themselves open to an Alpha Strike that'll kill them from the rest of the table. Right. And so a lot of times you wish, like, I just wish I had one creature that could just attack every turn, and this will give you that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it'll also give you a creature that can just block anything, which is also useful later in the game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. what do you give it? Uh, I'll give it a C plus. I'm with you there, C plus. Maybe a C. Yeah, you know? that's why I was I was waffling between C and C plus. Yeah. It's somewhere in there. I, I'd play it. It's not an instant put into any deck. It just depends on what cards I got in there. Okay, the next card is called Valor Made Real. It's one white for an instant. It says target creature can block any number of creatures this turn. Man. Boo. It's kind of like a White's Fog effect. Yeah. It yeah. might seem good, but it's just generally not. It's like going to save you for one combat step. Yeah. It's then exact, what's going to happen yeah. next combat step? Yep. You it, die. It, it'd be nice, again, with, you know, Rhea or Pristine Angel or, you know, maybe... But you already, if you have those cards, then you don't need Valor Made Real. You, yeah, you, Those cards exactly. are all good on their own. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'd give this a D. Yeah, i give it D minus. Yeah. All right, Vow of Duty, another enchantment aura. Enchant creature, enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, has a vigilance, and can't attack you or a planeswalker you control. So same cost as Unquestioned Authority, and mm-hmm. it's the same enchantment creature, uh, except I think this is really interesting. It's great. It's like a it's well-designed. Protect- very well-designed for multiplayer because it's like, hey, this guy's swinging at me with this big old fatty, and I don't want him to attack me anymore. But... I can do this to him and have him start wrecking damage on other people with that same creature. Yeah, in some ways, it's almost better than a removal spell because instead of removing a threat, you create a threat that's not a, that's a threat to yeah. other players and not yourself. And someone else is going to have to deal with it with one of their own cards or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, it guaranteed that card, 
that is attacking you is going to be such a bigger threat to everyone else now that they're going to want to get rid of it. Yeah. So they could waste their cards doing it. You have to be a little careful because it doesn't say it can't block you. So you can create like a really big creature and they don't have to attack with it. Also, it gets vigilance. Mm -hmm. So you you can create, like if you put this on somebody's creature, you're probably not attacking them for a little while either. Exactly. So, but Um, listen, if there's still five players at the table, it's pretty safe to put it on there. And you know, at the very end of the day, you can also use this on your own guy. That's true, actually, yeah. So there's, I mean, it has upsides. Yeah. And I I like it. I think it's a fun, I think it's a fun card. I would give it a C. Yeah, I'm going to give it a C also. I have C plus written down, but uh, auras scare me. Yeah. Uh, I just rather. You just can't have very many auras in your deck. And always, you know, in that case, if it's like, you could choose between that and the Swords of Plowshares, I'll take a Swords of Plowshares. It is a cool card, though. Yeah. I like that design. Tell your buddy Gavin. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, okay, the next card is called Wakestone Gargoyle. It's uh, four mana, three and a white for a three-four defender with flying. Which um, defender with flying is actually pretty good in this set. In a lot of sets, that would suck, but in this set, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it also has additional text that says, for one and a white, creatures you control with defender can attack this turn as though they didn't have defender. So the Vent Sentinel deck yep. like wants this card bad. It wants Very as many bad. of these as it can get. Yeah, exactly. It's also fine otherwise because for two yeah. mana, it's a 3-4 flyer, and the games go long, and you just have extra mana lying yeah. around turn eight or nine, and yeah. all of a sudden, like your defender dude it can attack. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'd very happily put this in my deck. Um, that's why I, I would give it like a B- minus, maybe just because you will have that mana up eventually, and even if you don't have it in the beginning, then someone with flying is less likely just to attack you in general because they'd rather yeah. go against someone yeah. else. So at, you know, at least it mitigates the damage for it just being on the board. Even if you don't have the mana to tap it to attack, it doesn't matter. M- most times you're going to want to leave it up well, to and, block. Well, and multiplayer oftentimes works like this. Like, I build up, I build up, I build up, and I'm not really attacking anybody. Mm-hmm. And then when I want to, I start attacking. Yeah. And at that point, you have the mana to start attacking. So oftentimes you play a like a three through flyer and you play it as if it were like this wall like you yeah. don't actually attack with it the first like four it, or five turns it may as well have defender on. yeah it. exactly and then you know you can take defender off when you want um so yeah i agree with you b minus yeah and, and it's not just itself too it's any creature with defender so if you draft this early you can definitely because not i'll say this much not many people are going to pick defender cards in know? general like people will underrate this card because it says exactly. defender they will they won't you know see the rest of yeah. the text and, because... and multiplayer conspiracy is a format where you don't want to pop out as the strongest first because you'll yeah. get taken down first. So, but, oh man, know. in the Vent Sentinel deck, deck oh. this, if you get two of these things, like this, yeah, it's, it's bonkers. bonkers. Really quick, what do you think of white overall? Super strong. Lots of great flowers, lots of great options. It has the only wrath effect, it has also another removal in swords. Um, it's just got a lot of really classic cards, a lot of nice reprints, and it has the strongest um, flyers by far with two angels. And I don't know. It's just it's just so strong. It's so good. Yeah, I think white is my favorite color in this set. Yeah, by far. Okay. Yeah. All right, so moving on to blue. All right. First up, we got the Academy Elite, which is a four drop, three in the blue. Human Wizard, it's a zero, zero, so it's going to get some counters. Academy Elite enters the battlefield with X, plus one, plus one counters on it, where X is the number of instant and sorcery cards in all graveyards. Ugh. And for two in the blue, you can remove a plus one, plus one counter to draw a card, then discard a card. Uh, just crappy this is an underwhelming card yeah, yeah. It, it, after it, the white one i was excited yeah right and re- here's the thing you're relying on something that just is you're not going to see very much of in uh conspiracy just and in just draft in draft, general people yeah. won't play a lot of instants and sorceries yeah 
yeah. compared to how many creatures are on the battlefield, I mean, I'd say the biggest this guy is going to come in is, is like a 5-5 five, five maybe. Wah-wah-wah. And for two in the blue to do a uh, – to loot and remove a 1-1 one, one counter, there's a better card that's There's cheaper. a couple better cards. Yeah, that, yeah do the just do it for thing. tapping them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I'm just going to straight up give this a D. I'm going to give a C minus. It still will probably be like a 4-4 four, for four. four, four. Yeah, so it's playable, and and you might want to loot. I don't know. I'll give it a C minus. I think it's yeah. barely playable. Yeah. Uh, the next card is Aether Trade Winds. It's uh, instant for three mana, two and a white, or sorry, two and a blue. Mm. Return target permanent you control and target permanent you don't control to their owner's hands. We've talked about um, unsummon type effects in multiplayer before. Mm-hmm. They're definitely generally not that great. Yeah, and you have to return the target permanent that you control as well so you'd have needs, to have some enter the battlefield stuff yeah or, or something that you want or let's say like i don't know if you had the academy elite and you just want to get more utility <laughs> out of it i don't know it, it's well it's true academy elite you at least add one counter because aether trade winds will go to your graveyard and yeehaw listen this is yeah okay d plus yeah d minus uh just maybe just maybe d i guess because I, I could see it being useful occasionally uh air servant four in the blue it's a 4-3 creature that has flying, and for two in the blue, you can tap target creature with flying. I think this is actually a pretty solid card. This card is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, it takes care of other flyers, and you can also do it for other players yep. as well. Yep. Um, it's got a lot of politicking involved. Yep. I think it's pretty strong. 4-3 for 5 is all I right. I think this thing can win games. Like A lot of times, mm-hmm. they're going to only have one or two flying blockers. You tap them both down, alpha strike with two or three of your flyers. I mean, yeah. you're already in blue. Yeah. I give it a B plus. Yeah, I'd give it a B, a B plus too. Okay. Next card is Brainstorm Classic. Yeah, it's new uh, art. Yeah, new. It's uh, instant for uh, one blue. It says draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. So two things to note um, is that the cards don't have to be any of the cards that you drew. Mm-hmm. So you can you know place cards there. Uh, that you already had in your hands yeah. and keep all three of the cards that you drew. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is this can work really good, like you said earlier, with Parlay uh, because you can place a card that's a non-land card knowing you're going to play your Parlay card so you can activate it one additional time than mm-hmm. maybe you would. So um, it's card selection. It's not card draw because you're using a card to draw a card, but it's cheap yeah. for the selection. It's a solid card. In Limited, I think it's less powerful than it is in Definitely less powerful in Limited. Uh, with Parlay, it gives a little more oomph because you can, again, fix that card in the top of your library. But for the most part, you know, it's it's a great card to have in general for just magic. Yeah, for EDH yeah. You want to own copies of Brainstorm if you don't already. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's there's a reason that it's like a dollar common, you know. It's like the one of the most expensive commons, I think. Yeah. Maybe not a buck anymore, but who knows. It'll probably go back up after Conspiracy's out of rotation, too. So Yeah. yeah. Um, I give it a solid C. Yeah, I'll give it a C. Okay. Uh, maybe a C plus, um, but it's limited. So, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a C. Okay. All right, Breakthrough. Uh, it's X and a blue, and draw four cards as a sorcery. You can draw four cards and then choose X cards in your hand and discard the rest. Hey, this is awesome. Yeah, this, uh, this is pretty good because... Later on in the game, when you have no cards in hand, or you, or you draw this off the top, one then, blue for four. Well, you need to tap if you want to keep any of them. You have to tap at least five, or at least two. Then you can take just one. Yeah, exactly. So th- the way it works is, if you tap three mana, a blue and two, then you're going to draw four cards and keep two of them. Yep. If you draw, f- if you do f- all five mana, a blue and five and four, you're going to keep all four of them. So yeah, and I'd say a mana for a card is usually a pretty good deal. Uh, yeah, really good card. But if you're already holding three. Mm. 
now it's tough to cast this because in order to keep all seven cards, you'd have to tap blue and seven. Right. So you really want to cast it when your hand's empty or maybe if you've got one card in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, this is nice, though, because, you know, in parity, it's really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps you win more, for sure. Uh, it helps you lose a little less because you get answers. And early game is the only time I wouldn't want this card. In yeah. Hand, Multiplayer know? games, like we always say, they go long, so there's a good chance you're going to be at a point where your hand is almost empty or totally empty. And mm-hmm. so... That then you fire off this card. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I give it a C. Yeah, I'll give it a C, too. Maybe a C+. Okay. Um, just because I, I know how long these games can go. And yeah, not true. having cards at the end, and someone that does, you're gonna you're not going to win that game if you don't have cards. The next card is Compulsive Research. It's uh, two and a blue for a sorcery. It says, target player draws three cards. Then that player discards two cards unless he or she discards a land. It's kind of like a divination that asks yeah. a little bit more of you. You basically want to cast it when you already have a land in hand and you've got plenty of lands on the battlefield. Yeah, so it's another sort of mid to late game cast. Uh, yeah. So you don't want to discard two cards otherwise. I mean, in a in in a in a real pinch, you could just cast it off, either hope you draw a land or just hope you get something better than what's in your hand already. Yeah. I mean, I think you you have a pretty good chance of drawing a land if you do. That's true. Three cards yeah. and, and and almost like one in two cards will be a land. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's okay. There's not a ton of ways to abuse it. You know, if you had some things that want things in your graveyard right? Uh, or look for things in your graveyard, this becomes a little bit better. There are cards like that in black, in green. Uh, white even has yeah. the Custody Squire. So it gets more more uh, valuable with those other cards if you've already drafted them. Yeah. I'm going to give it a C-. minus. I'd, I'd give this a C. I think it has more upside because you it's good later game and, you know, you can just discard the land card, and then you get three cards. You know, okay. that's, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah, true. Um, next up, we got Crook Claw Transmuter. I love this guy. Three in the blue. Uh, it's He's a flash, flying 3-1. And when he enters the battlefield, you can switch target creature's power and toughness until end of turn. This is the one we talked about earlier. Yeah, so you can use this guy to just straight up nuke someone that has a 0-3. Um, or you can use this to flash in a great defender, and you can have him change himself to a 1-3. Mm-hmm. Or just as a combat trick, like they're attacking with a four-two, mm-hmm. and you've got a two-three, and you know all of a sudden you just flash this guy and you can block it, for, yep. you know, for free. Yeah, and it's a great way to surprise kill one of their guys. Yeah, you know, and it's it's great too because you get a creature out of it and you cast it in instant speed. So also, it's just a four mana three power flyer. Yeah. Like it's going to kill almost every. It'll trade with almost every other flyer in the game besides the rares. Yeah. Um, Precisely. Or or something that was kicked a lot. Yeah, and if you're you know and you're in the parody situation, or if you're winning, this is obviously a nice card to have. Um, even though if you're on the defense too, you know this this is the kind of card that can switch the total dynamic up. You could be on the beatdown after casting this guy because you use yep, it to true. trick out and kill other guys, and then now you're the only, now you're the one with the power in the air. It's also a common, so it works really well with the conspiracy cards. Yeah, uh, if you get multiples of this and some of the conspiracies, it can be pretty bonkers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I give it a B minus. Yeah, I'll give it a B minus too. Okay, um, it, it being a flyer obviously gives it more points, and the flash is always nice. It has a relevant ability, mm-hmm. definitely, and you can flicker him as well. You know, you can True. use this to to kill multiple things if you want him to enter the battlefield. So he's got some upside there. Okay, the next card is Dream Fracture. It's uh, an instant for blue, blue, and a colorless. It says counter target spell. Its controller draws a card. Draw a card. So you counter spell, and then you draw a card, and the person who you counter draws a card. Eh. Yeah, I'm not super... I hate, I hate having my opponents draw cards. Yeah, that is not... I mean, I'm trying to figure out the situation where this is good. If you're going to win or something, mm-hmm. 
and then you can stop whatever they're doing to stop you. That's okay. Otherwise, them drawing a card is, you know, you're replacing the card you countered. Yeah. I guess, you know, here's what happens sometimes, though. In a draft, somebody's, like, bragging about the cards they got, and so you know for certain, like, somebody's got Marchessa or somebody's got, you know, one of those big bombs, and you just don't have any real answers for it in your deck, in which case I may put this in, because if they cast Marchessa and you counter it, you don't care if they drew a card. You yeah. got rid of the biggest bomb in their deck. Yeah, Rhea. Countering yeah. Rhea would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in that situation, I would think about putting Dream Fracture in. Um, under normal circumstances, when I don't even know if those cards, those big bombing cards even exist in, in, in the in the game. Yeah. You know? And here's uh, the thing. There there aren't any other counters, I don't think, for blue. Yeah, there might be one or two more, but... So if you are looking to play that control game, then uh, this is useful. You do. You also get to draw a card, so it's not you know the worst... Um, but I, I just in general don't like it when you let other people draw cards. Yeah, I'm gonna say D plus. Yeah, I'll give it a I'll give it a D. Okay. Enclave Elite. It's a Merfolk soldier, two in the blue for a two two with a multi kicker of one in the blue. It's got Island Walk, and if it enters the bow, it enters the battlefield with a plus one plus encounter for each time it was kicked. Um, so this is sort of like our other kickers, except this guy's not flying. Um, but, but they do Island, have Island Walk. Walk. Yeah, and uh, I think blue is a pretty powerful color. In general, I think you'll you'll almost always have at least a couple of people playing blue. I think this card is it's playable because kicker cards are are pretty good, uh, just because of their versatility. If you draw them late in the game and you have a lot of extra mana, yeah, totally. it's not exciting. It could yeah. be it could be something. I, I still think it's not great. I'm going to give it a C minus. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a D plus. I just okay. rather put the flyer again. You know, yeah, Island sure. Walk is nice, but if you have to combo with something else to make it really work, I'd rather just be flying in the air. True. Uh, the next card is a well-known card called Fact or Fiction. Classic. It's uh, three and a blue for an instant. It says, reveal the top five cards of your library. An opponent separates those cards into two piles. Put one pile into your hand and the other into your graveyard. Um, this is actually a little bit stronger in multiplayer, I believe, because of the ability to make allies. And you mm-hmm. are allowed to choose which opponent separates the things. So yeah, if definitely. you can find somebody that's a little more friendly towards you, you can sort of make a deal. Yeah. You know, just depending on where you're at in the game. It, it's not a lot more mm-hmm. powerful because, in general, you're not going to have an opponent that's really willing to, like, help you out too much. Yeah, exactly. And that guy's going to – everyone's going to yeah. hate him or her, too. You can also do it. something – I mean, let's be honest. In every play group, there's one player that's not as good. Like, somebody's got to be the worst player at the table. Or, yeah. And so you can sort of choose the guy that sort of strategically isn't going to know yeah. what to do. But I, I can guarantee you that everyone's going to look at what he chose and – yeah, they're going to tell him. Like, they're going to be like, no, don't do, do that. Don't do that. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So, um, but I'm just saying, like, you can try that sort of trick. Anyway, uh, I think this is a pretty strong card. It's 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 almost always strong. It's card draw, which is always powerful. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to be able to find a time to fire this off because multiplayer just has a lot of turns where, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's attacking or blocking. So I'm going to give this a C plus. Yeah, I'll give it a C plus too. I mean, I mean, sometimes the cards that they ch- they'll do the perfect split, but either way, you still get upside. You yeah, know. you're always getting two cards at least. Yeah, or you could even get four, you know, if someone goes yeah. four and one yeah. and puts your Rhea at the bottom, you know. so I might very, take the Rhea. Yeah, because here's the thing. It, your, strong, your strongest card is going to be in the pile that you can choose no matter what. So that's always a nice thing. Um, favorable wins. It's a two, uh, one in the blue for an enchantment. Creatures you control with flying get plus one, plus one. Token bomb. Yeah, and just. not even not, even if you don't have tokens, even yeah. if you got apex hawks and mm-hmm. and crook claw transmuters. Yeah, this, um, this card is great. The flyers are already powerful, and all the tokens, the one one spirit tokens. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I'd give this a B minus, maybe even a B. 
I, I, you have to be you in the to, Flyers deck. Yeah. And then it's a B minus, yeah. Yeah, I would never draft this if I didn't have the, the deck to If you have it. Rousing the Spirits, let's say you got... If I have two or three Rousing the Spirits, this card is like bomb status almost now. Yeah, especially because it's just two. You put it out, um, yeah. and then you just swing for a lethal. You know, you can... Yeah, you can do that. Like, you got six Spirit Tokens, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you put a favorable wins out, and now you just added six Power Towers in the air. Like, it's yeah. brutal. Yeah. All right, the next card is called Grixis Illusionist. It's a it's a blue mana for a 1-1 human wizard. It says, tap it. Target land you control becomes the basic land of your choice until end of turn. So this is just fixing for yourself. Yeah. Weird in and blue. Not at haste speed. You have to wait a turn to use it. I just don't like it. You'd have to be pretty desperate for fixing. Very desperate. I think I played one of these once when I was doing my four-color four thing, mm-hmm. and I just felt like I needed one more fixer. Yeah. And um, Did it help? It was fine. Yeah. I mean, it, it's multiplayer, so you can sort of you can play a couple of crappy cards, and you can sort of hide enough that that it doesn't hurt you as much as it maybe right. would. Um, but it was not awesome, and I wasn't real happy about it. But you know, mm, the, I didn't get another fixer; didn't come around to me. So, um, you know, I guess you know it's not like a Birds of Paradise because it actually turns one of your land. It doesn't create an additional land. Yeah. It's not ramp. <sighs> I would just I give this an F. I, I really. I'm gonna give it a D plus because I actually played it once. Played I, mean, it I didn't right. want yeah. to, but I did, and I think that like there might be instances where you would yeah. play it. I, I mean, mean, maybe if you're splashing and you don't want to, you really need the extra mana yeah. because you got some cards that have to get kicked, you know, and you you can't spend that extra mana on something else, and he, he can be a little useful. We've also all been in that draft where it just sort of goes off the rails. Like you know, you were in two colors, they sort of got cut off. You chose another one yeah. you thought was open. All of a sudden, it wasn't. And before you know, it, you just got this pile of cards, and they don't make <laughs> sense together. They're all different colors, and it's like you're just trying to salvage whatever you can. And just in that deck, just the ability to play cards is 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 what you need. And yeah. so in that case, it can fix you. It's 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 pretty crappy. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to... Yeah, I'll give D plus is what I said. Okay. All right. Jetting Glass Kite, four and two blue, so six total for a 4-4 four, four flying. And its ability is whenever Jetting Glass Kite becomes the target of a spell or ability for the first time in the turn, counter that spell or ability. Very, very powerful. As far as I'm concerned, he essentially is hexproof flying. Yeah, it's true because... Yeah, you you have to target him twice in the same turn. Yeah, and to, to kill him, no one is going to want to waste a spell on him just so that someone else might be able to target it and get rid of it. I mean, know? they might have to team up and do it because a four four flyer is pretty powerful in the set. Yeah, but at the, at the same time, I think I think too often people are just too obsessed with the cards in their own hand, and they're not going to want to spend it on yours, especially if it's going to be an auto counter. You know, it's like Kira Great Glass. Yeah, true, true. You know, it's like it, it gives you so much protection across the board. Um, no one's. I mean, they would rather spend it on something else. Yeah, and, I totally and agree. Because you never want to cast a spell and it doesn't do anything. That's no fun. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah. You waste mana. You're down a card, and especially if you, it's like, hey, you know, and now you cast something so that we can kill kill it. It's like, yeah. well, no guarantees there either. Yeah. So, um, I love this card. I think it's great. Six for a four four hexproof flying. That's yeah, I think I, that's how I see it. And four four flyer is really strong in this set. Uh, what do you give it? Uh, I'm gonna give it a B. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm gonna give it a B also. Yeah, maybe a B plus. Maybe a B plus. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I'm going to give it a B. Okay. <laughs> okay, next is Marchesa's Emissary. It's uh, four mana, three and a blue for a 2-2 human rogue. It has hexproof, and it has dethrone. Let's talk about dethrone. Is this our first dethrone? This is our first dethrone card. Uh, and De- it's... Oh, I should read dethrone then. Yeah. Dethrone reads, whenever this creature attacks the player with the most life or tied for the most life, put a 1-1 counter on it. So dethrone wants you to attack the Whoever's player with the most life and your creatures grow. Yeah. Um, 
the problem you can run into is if you're the player with the most life, you're not allowed to attack yourself. So yeah. then dethrones just sort of turned off in that yeah. instance. And if you are dethroning everyone, you eventually will sit atop the throne. Yeah. You know? But then they'll all want to kill you because you've hit all of them. Yeah, exactly. It's, I don't like the dethrone mechanic in general. I mean, it's cool. I like the design. I don't like actually playing dethrone cards myself because, as we've stated before, I don't like cards that force me into acting a certain way. Like, right. I want to make strategic decisions the way I think I should make them, and I don't want the card to be dictating that to mm-hmm. me. So, yeah, you want to you want to read this card because of that as just a three in the blue for a hexproof 2-2. Two, two. Because worst situation, you always want to say, what is this going to be like when I draw it late and I'm the person with the most life? Or mm-hmm. at its worst, this is a four-mana hexproof 2-2. Two, two, Which and, is pretty bad. Yeah, it's just pretty bad. It, it's not fine it doesn't have anything else going for it um i i would definitely put this a, a lower grade i give this like a c minus i'm gonna give it a d yeah i don't think i play it yeah i mean i i like dethrone so i'm gonna automatically give it a little more love uh-huh. just because of it but i agree yeah it's, it's just not that i mean high. we've definitely seen those games where somebody gets a couple of dethrone guys out and they're able to, to oh, use it and all of a sudden it, yeah. like they get three or four counters on those guys and, they, and they're off to a really good start uh, yeah, totally. yeah it's just there's a lot of games where they draw those dethrone guys later and they're never able to get them going and yeah then they're just worthless precisely all right next up we got marchesa's infiltrator it's a two in the blue for a one one again with dethrone uh but the other ability on this human rogue is whenever marchesa's infiltrator deals combat damage to a player draw a card scroll thief ability yeah all right and and he's here's a, a dethrone guy i can get behind yeah, right, because he doesn't necessarily need to attack someone to get the more important ability here, which is drawing a card. I mean, you don't even counter. care about the dethrone counter. I, I'm only looking at the... I just want him to connect with someone, and I draw a card. Yeah. Like, if I connect with the person with the least life, I don't care, because I just want the card. Yep, yep. And the nice thing is, is that you can use this in multiplayer probably pretty often. You're going to find... There's almost always going to be someone that you can attack in the early game, I think. Yeah, and if you get one or two of these, you can put a couple of effects in that help you make something, like, basically unblockable or whatever mm-hmm. like you know yeah it can be pretty powerful uh and drawing cards is super powerful in multiplayer yeah yeah so i i give this a c i give it a c also yeah in bigger pods this is going to be better bigger mm-hmm. like if you know you're playing with like five people it's gonna be better just because there's going to be more of a chance of there's a player with nothing right. that can block it right right um okay the next uh, card is minamo scroll keeper it's two mana one in a blue for a Two three human wizard with defender. Eh. Um, it says your maximum hand size is increased by one. Inconsequential and limited. You're never gonna have such a huge hand, or yeah, I'll never say never, but you're very rarely gonna have a ha- such a huge hand that this makes a big difference. Who cares about this card? I'm let's. <laughs> I'm done talking about D plus. Yeah, uh, F. Uh, unless you can conspiracy it up, but that's just a different story. Misdirection. Here we go. Another classic card game reprint. Many people happy about this one. For three and two blue, so five total, it's an instant. You may exile a blue card from your hand instead of paying Misdirection's mana cost, and it changes the target of a target spell with a single target. So you so, basically grab their spell and point it at somebody else? Point it at someone else, yeah. yeah. Uh, against Swords of Plowshares, it's great. Against uh, Tragic Slip, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that you can just exile a card from your hand and play it uh, means you can essentially play it for a zero, you know, for just true. A when you have no man out, you can save your bomb. Or yeah. Whatever. When you accidentally put the minimal scroll keeper in your deck, and you're like, "What is this doing here? I'm going to misdirect it. <laughs> I'm going to use it only for misdirect. Yeah. It's the only ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the only um, reason the scroll keeper is good in your deck. Yeah, this is a great card. Uh, I, I'd say it's even better in EDH and bigger yeah. formats where you have a lot more card draw and stuff. Um, it's it's fun. It's not as good as the other instant in this uh, set that's been reprinted for blue. Um, called Stifle. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's 
It's I think it's more usable in limited though. Yeah. Stifle is just hard to use in limited. We'll yeah, get to I that agree. in a minute, but yeah, I think misdirection is fine. It's hard in big multiplayer games because it's in those games. It's only targets a single target spell. Yeah. So it's inherent card disadvantage to the table. Mm-hmm. It's card parity to one player and card disadvantage to everybody else. Yeah. But having said that, if you do have a couple bombs, like if you have Marchesa, if you have you know Pristine Angel or mm-hmm. whatever, if you have some of the the big bombs then this becomes more valuable to you because you want to be able to protect them. Protect and them, and yeah. to be able to protect them for zero mana is powerful too. Also, if you have a lot more card draw, yep. you know, which blue does, then you don't care as much about card disadvantage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you give it? I'll give it a C. C uh, I give it a C. Oh, I was going to say as well, but you just changed. So uh, I give it a changed. C. Yeah. Okay, next card, Muzio, Visionary Architect. EDH. <laughs> Yes, this is a three mana that's uh, one and two blue for a legendary creature, human artificer, a one three. And the text is, you pay three and a blue and tap Muzio. You look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the highest converted mana cost among artifacts you control. You may reveal an artifact card from among them and put it into the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So... If you have a six mana costed artifact out, you mm-hmm. get to reveal the top six cards, and then you can put one of the artifacts onto the battlefield. Yeah, and the rest. Uh, this is a EDH card yeah, for sure. Definitely an EDH um, card to build. You can also build a deck and conspiracy around this, though. You know, because there's not you, a lot of great artifacts. Some of the cogwork stuff, I guess. Yeah, you got mostly of the the cogwork cards and and maybe the lurking automatons if you got those going too. Um, the cool thing about him is that the way he's built, you can you know play him on turn three for three. And you're not able to tap him until turn four. Well, you will have four to be able to tap him. True. But you have to have an artifact out to even tap him. Right. And your artifact would have to cost two or less because you turned, you played Muzio on two. Yeah. Or on exactly. three and then tapped him on four. I just, uh, don't, think I just don't think this There's, is ever going to happen. Yeah. I, I think he's a great card for Commander if you want to build a card deck around him. Otherwise, I'm going to give him a, a D. Plus. Yeah. Rare draft him so that you can use him in EDH, but yeah. don't actually even play him in your deck. I'm going to give him a. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give him a D. Yeah. All right. Plated Sea Strider is just a, a two drop for two blue. It's a one four. D. D. All right. Plea for Power. It is a sorcery for three and a blue. It's a Will of the Council, which is a vote card. It says, starting with you, each player votes for time or knowledge. If time gets more votes, you get an extra turn after this one. If knowledge gets more votes or the vote is tied, you draw three cards. I like it. There's no downside for you to play this card. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the art, and I think the flavor for this is great. I think it really fits what it's trying to get at. Yep. Um, the thing is, taking an extra turn in limited, I don't think is as strong in multiplayer sometimes, especially if it's yeah. In EDH, on. a lot of times, one more turn is like the killing turn. Like, hey, if I just have one more turn, yeah. I'll kill everyone. In yeah. in limited, like if I just have one more turn, I'll attack for six more yeah i'll I'll put another creature on the battlefield or you know hey this guy can attack now or use their ability Uh, it's okay uh but getting three cards which i think is often that's the best side yeah that's the best side and i think people will uh put too much emphasis on having an extra turn and so eventually you're drawing four uh, for three cards for four mana i think that's actually great great. yeah yeah so i think that's gonna happen more often than not um and i'm fine with that yeah and and i'm fine with an extra turn too why not you get one more card you get to play another land you know you get to get a step ahead of everyone else so I'll take that any day of the week. Um, there's no downside to the card, yeah. Yeah, there's not much downside to the card. So plea for power is uh, I'm all about it. Uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it a B. I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a B also. Nice. Okay, next card is Reckless Scholar. 
It's three mana, two and a blue for a two-one human wizard. Um, but it's a looter. It says tap it, target player draws a card, then discards a card. It's actually a variant on looter in that you can actually have somebody else do this. Yeah, and this is much better than the uh, whatever the uh, the first guys were called, the Academy Elites. Oh, yeah, this is better than the Academy Elite for sure, yeah, because you yeah. don't have to use mana to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you can you know, you know can do it. And it doesn't make them smaller every time you do it. Right, you can do it at instant speed before yeah. the end step or even you know before your draw step. You, know, you can do it during your upkeep. This card is actually good in in a multiplayer format. Games are going to go longer, uh, so the looting effect can eventually just turn into straight up card draw because you just yeah. hold your lands and then you discard them to draw more cards. Yeah. Also, this can work really well with some of the uh, the dredge type uh, graveyard recursion type stuff that mm-hmm. black and uh, white and green have. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you want cards in your graveyard. Yeah. yeah if you yeah. got a couple of these guys. Uh, they it, it can it can do some stuff. Look look for those um, synergies, and and this guy's actually probably better than you think. Yeah, definitely. I'll give him a, I'll give him a C. I'm gonna give him a C also. Okay, cool. Next up, we got Screaming Seahawk, which is a uh, an awesome card, and it's a few other. I think only one other card actually does this in the set. It's a four and a blue for a two two with flying. Now, at first, this that looks doesn't terrible. sound great. Yeah, like five for a two two flyer. Ugh, get out of here. But. When Screaming Seahawks enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a card named Screaming Seahawk, reveal it, and put it into your hand. If you do, shuffle your library. So it's so a two-for-one. You can search yep. for itself. Yep. Which is really cool. And if you play that other one and you have a third one. Yeah, you can grab another. You can so just, it can create this chain where you get exactly. all of a sudden one guy allows you to go get three cards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's when we were saying you could have like a 43-card deck, 44-card deck. Yeah. because of cards like Screaming Seahawk where it's a guarantee pretty much that you're going to be able to search out the other cards and put in your hand and shuffle your library. And with conspiracy effects, you can make this card cheaper. You can mm-hmm. make it You can make it have an additional counter when it comes to play. You can give it haste. And as we said, in multiplayer games, casting cost is not quite as important. Yeah. Um, all Ultimately, in all, this card is actually way overperformed for me every time I've played it. Yeah, I think it's great. You, it's Especially in all situations, you just get another card. You get another flyer. Yeah. And that's, that's never a bad thing. Uh, so I would give this a C. I give it a C also. Yeah. All right, next card is Shoreline Ranger. It is five and a blue for a 3-4 flying bird soldier. It also has Island Cycling 2, which means you pay two, discard it, go find an island, put it into your hand. This card actually, again, the mana costs like six mana for a 3-4 flyer. just doesn't seem great, but 3-4 mm-hmm. flyer is really strong in the in the set, and, um, and six mana, like... It's not that much of a downside. It's not that much, yeah. yeah. Six, three, four. And, and the nice thing is island cycling again. Yeah, like, you, you know, you don't have to play it, um, but if you find yourself in need of doing so, you just freaking cycle that yep. stuff away. Yep. All right, split this. Oh wait, grades, grades. Of course, I can't move on. Oh yeah. Um, go ahead. I'll give it a C minus. I give it a C. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a little expensive, um, but island cycling is nice. Yeah, I don't think I've ever cut one. Right. I don't think I would either if I had to look at my creatures and, and that was there as opposed to like a 1-1 one, one or a 2-2, two, two, something yeah, else. I would take yeah. a flyer any day. All right, split decision. Um, it's an instant with Will of the Council. It costs one in the blue. Uh, choose target instant or sorcery spell. Starting with you, each player votes for denial or duplication. If denial gets more votes, counter the spell. If duplication gets more votes or the vote is tied, copy the spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. That's a lot of fun. Uh, again, it's only upside, really. I don't like this card. Oh, really? Go ahead, go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna have differing opinions, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've had this card used against me, mm-hmm. uh, and I had it with a card that gave uh, everything minus one, minus one, mm-hmm. all my opponent's creatures, and that was to clear the board of of tokens and stuff. And then mm-hmm. you know, uh, to my left of me, uh, D 
cast split decision and it was duplicated mm-hmm. and because it was duplicated it meant that everything that i owned that was the same thing also died mm-hmm. and it just ended up creating a really good board state for him and bad for pretty much everyone else because of how the stack worked yeah how too. the stack worked yeah, yeah. And how, how it resolved um and you know i think it's two for also t- potentially a counter and i think if you're good at politicking you can you can you, one of these is going to happen right and duplication is nice um, especially for something that can wipe the board like route or something, you know? Um, but denial is obviously, I think going to be taken more often than not because no one wants you to have that extra card. So I, I think it's good because it's, it's a two man counter and there aren't many that happen. Yeah. I just, I wish it wasn't, so, it's very unpredictable, you right. know, because it's just guessing whether, I mean, as a counter spell, it's really going to work good against wrath effects or something that like most people at the table don't want to happen. But if it's something that's just bad for you, it's super unpredictable whether or not anyone's going to vote with you or or against you. Right. You know, and, and copying some effects are not, is not going to help you that much. Yeah. Certain Um, spells you copying, it would be the worst. Yeah, exactly. Do anything. Yeah, exactly. And those, those two effects are very different, like countering a spell and copying the spell. You know, like I said, there's going to be a, like, you mostly want to play these, I think, where there's no downside for you. But I think there is some downside with split decisions sometimes where it's like, mm-hmm. I want to counter this spell. I don't care. I don't want to copy it, you know, or I want to copy that spell. I don't want to counter it, yep. you know. Yep. So, uh, I don't know. I don't like it. What do you give it? Uh, I'm going to give it a C. Oh, we're not that far apart. I give it a D plus. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I can see that. <laughs> All right. Uh, next card is Stasis Cell. It's an enchantment aura for four and a blue. It says enchant creature. Enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. It also has uh, an activated ability for three and a blue. Attach stasis cell to target creature. So you can move it around for four mana. Yeah. Um, This is, I mean, it's clunky removal, but it's removal for blue, which doesn't get anything but clunky removal in this set. Right. And um, there are some uses in this in multiplayer because you can put it on somebody's creature and then when it's their turn after their untap step and the thing hasn't untapped you can move it on to the next players yeah exactly and then their thing won't untap i mean you have to have a lot of mana to do it but it's possible to do it yeah um you can also do some group hug stuff with it because of your ability to move it around also if they try and like sacrifice the creature that has stasis cell on it you can move it onto another creature so it doesn't just leave the board i mean Mm -hmm. you have to have a lot of mana up to keep doing this but it does have these uses yeah it's still clunky but i think it's fringe playable yeah if you're playing control i think it's fun there's a lot of politicking here too and and like you said it's best when you can switch it on to something else after one thing's stayed tapped mm-hmm. you know and, and it's great to shut down their fattest guy um because you could tap down for instance madam pristine angel true yeah leave her open right there yep i mean they'd have to well she'd have to be tapped they'd have to not play a spell otherwise she's got protection from everything that's true yeah but you can tap down a lot of stuff yeah it, it you know you never know yeah i'm gonna give it a there are cards that again like there's a blue card that taps a creature with flying you yeah know? So... i'm gonna give it a c minus i think it'll often be like somewhere around your 23rd card like it might fall yeah. on the, it might fall on the outside or barely on the inside i've had i've had it used against me twice now to be annoying enough to give it a c minus as well All otherwise right. this would be like a straight d in my book <laughs> um next up is stifle all right another reprint all right, everyone that wants to play the deck in Legacy that uses this that costs two thousand dollars now it costs nineteen hundred dollars. <laughs> Congratulations! Uh, it is a for one blue. It's an instant uh, counter target activated or triggered ability. Um, it's an EDH card for me. It's yeah. very specifically. An I EDH think it's a card. legacy legacy card. Even it's in EDH, I think card. it's it's iffy. 
Yeah. Um, it's fun. I, I don't think it's the strongest thing in this set specifically because there aren't too many activated or triggered abilities that are really going to shut you down that you really need to stop. That you need a whole card. Also, it doesn't kill the creature that did the thing. You know, there's only one Planeswalker, you know, and it's yeah. mythic, so... It, off most 95% of the time that planeswalker won't even be in the game yeah uh yeah this is not a card for a multiplayer i i think yeah dra- you can rare draft it obviously you know just so you can have it um but i wouldn't put it in your deck i, yeah. I give it a d minus i give it a d maybe d plus just because i like the art <laughs> <laughs> it's the art bonus yeah art bonus definitely happens all right, uh, next is traveler's cloak it's uh enchantment aura for two and a blue it says enchant creature as Traveler's Cloak enters the battlefield, choose a land type. When Traveler's Cloak enters the battlefield, draw a card. Enchanted Creature has Landwalk of the Chosen Type. I think this card's great. Yeah, this card has actually surprised me. Um, you know, when I first uh, was drafting, I just overlooked it. And then a couple yeah. times somebody played it. And, you know, you forget how powerful uh, Landwalk is. Just unblockable effects later on in, in the game are. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, a lot of times the board's just at parity. Nobody can really attack because they'll get killed by the other players on the crackback. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy for that to be a situation because three other players attacking is going to kill you later in the game. Yeah. And, you know, if you can just have one creature that can sort of peck away, even if it's only four or five damage. Oh, yeah. It's but if incredibly you, you can usually safely attack with one creature, except yeah. they would have blocked it and kill it. But if you can, but you don't need it for defense. Yeah. You know, just one creature. Or even so. if it's vigilant, you know. Yeah, And sure. also because that, it's, you can choose a land walk, there might be four players with black. Yep. You know, and boom. You've boom, got all of a sudden. That's, yeah, they that yep. can walk over everyone. Yep. Uh, I do, one gripe I have with this card, though, is I really wish they reordered the text so that it starts off with Traveler's Coke enters the battlefield, draw a card. Yeah, and it's really. And then when there's a battlefield, choose a land type. Because right now, it's just like you skip a whole line to figure out what you're doing when you choose the land type. You're yeah, like, I wonder just... the reasoning between that wording, just to make it more confusing for new players. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, for three, man, I, I like it. I'm going to give it a C, C plus maybe. I'm going to give it a C minus, only because I think you can only have a certain amount of equipment and aura type stuff in your deck. And right. so, you know, it's just like, it's one of them and it's playable, but it's not like so amazing that I... Yeah. Next up, we got Turn the Tide, which is one in the blue. Instant creatures your opponent's control get minus two, minus zero until the end of turn. Combat trick, Boo. don't like it. It's the blue fog. Uh, yeah. It's worse than fog. And fog's minus, an F. Yeah, if it gave minus two, minus two, boom, right? Could yeah, because it the can board. kill stuff. Yeah, but it can't even do that. It can just save you. And here's the thing. If they're attacking with, like, three, three flyers, then you're just still taking damage at the end of the day? Come on. I mean, it's... F minus. F minus. Yeah, the X. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the last blue card is Wind Dancer. It is a uh, flying 1-1 one, one for one and a blue. And it has a tap ability. You tap it, and target creature gains flying until end of turn. That's cool. Yeah, I actually think this is pretty good because the flyers are such a thing mm-hmm. in this in this set. Um, you can use it on defense and on offense. If you're blue green, you can all of a sudden make like a seven seven flying like you right. know monster of destruction that nobody yeah. can deal with. Yeah. Uh, you know, or you have a lurking automaton that's a five mana six six all of right. a sudden it's a five mana six six flyer yeah you just thrust that thing into the air no way Craziness. yeah I, I like this card um uh, it's not amazing by itself because you do need another card to make it good but it it's totally playable i'm gonna yeah. give it a c i think it's a great backup card and i'd give it a c plus okay awesome how do you, uh, what oh, do you how think do, about blue i actually think blue's the second best color uh it ha- just has a lot to do 
with the flyers. Yeah, um, I would argue that blue is probably the third best color after black. Oh, okay. Because I think I think black has the the instants and sorceries that really make a big difference. Black does have. Uh, well, we'll go through it here, but yeah. uh, okay. Uh, I think I I have black as my third best color. Yeah. So I, I think we're agreed, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing: blue's got flyers, and yeah. that, that's always going to put you ahead and limited. Yeah, the flyers deck is pretty strong, and blue has a lot of card draw, and I love card draw in multiplayer. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's a strong color. It doesn't have as, quite as many bombs. That's right. white has awesome stuff and the best bombs. And bombs, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty insane. Yeah. All right, so that's it for this first half of the conspiracy format. We're going to talk about the rest of the cards on next week's episode, so make sure you stay tuned. Uh, and also, if you guys are watching this show right now, there is an option to listen to it. And if you're listening to this show, there's an option to watch it. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah, right? <laughs> you can download the podcast and subscribe. There is an RSS feed for all that stuff. But, so just check out the uh, links. It's all going to be in the show notes. It's really cool because you can actually uh, see the cards as we talk about them yeah okay guys until next time conspiracy out (laughs) thank you for your attention for further inquiries send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on twitter at jf wong and at josh lee kwai see you later alligator greetings humans The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.